Welcome to the Bartender Inn Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Windsor. That's right, I'm your host for this wonderful episode. And I have somebody very special with me today. Uh, you got to know and love her on episode number 11, Over Some Raging Bitches. Please welcome back to the show, the beautiful, the scintillating, the absolutely hilarious, Emily Uncle. You forgot Graceful, but <laughs> hey, that's Graceful. fine. <laughs> How are you doing now? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. It's so good to see you again. Thanks for having me. We had so much fun uh, when we initially brought you on the show, and we're not going to do, this is a little bit of a different episode, so we're not going to do the regular format necessarily, but... To catch anybody up, if you're a regular listener, you know exactly what this episode is. It's episode 25. It is the end of Steve, as we know it. Well, okay. If you have, if you, if this is your first episode, I highly recommend that you hit the pause button and you go back to number 11, episode 11, and you give that a listen because on episode 11, Steve and I made a slap bet, and we have finally come to the culmination of that slap bet. And Steve is about to take the gauntlet, shot by shot. We're going to interview him today, our wonderful co-host. The, the genius behind this podcast, the man who thought of this idea and put it into motion, was kind enough to ask me to come along on the journey with him, which I'm sure he regrets from time <laughs> to time. <laughs> Definitely today he does. We are going to do Shot by Shot with Steve. We're going to interview our, our wonderful host of this podcast and get to know him a little bit better and uh, finally get to hear some of the stories that he's teased throughout some of these episodes that you've uh, listened to and, and fortunately has saved most of them for, for this episode. So please... You know, send your prayers, even though this has already happened after while you're listening to it. It's already happened. Please send your prayers to Steve. He, it, this is another morning episode, which we did the first time we met Emily. Oh, that's right. So another morning episode. So this is just it's going to be debauchery. So please just be patient with us because we're going to be mixing up a lot of different shots. Um, yeah, I think that's good enough. So without further ado, we're going to welcome our next guest, Steve Haley, onto the pod. And we're going to be doing some Natty Bows. All right, Steve, welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? Welcome. <laughs> Wait, hello. I'm, I, I don't know how I'm doing. I, I'm in a weird headspace, frankly. Uh, you know, I've gone out and taken 10 shots in an evening plenty of times, and I've done it purposefully, um, and it was a lot of fun. This, for whatever reason, is uh, intimidating me a little bit. Yeah. I do have one thing to say. Well, actually, two things. Number one, that's the longest I have not talked on the pod <laughs> for a straight period of time since this show started. I think I think we gave you a, a full two minutes, and I was like, okay, be quiet, be quiet. Let me get through the I think that might intro. be a world record for you that is, like, in your whole existence of lifetime. At least in a recording, yes. Nicely okay. done. Cheers to um, The only time I'm that quiet usually is uh, is when I'm sleeping. I mean, and I'm probably snoring yeah. my ass off at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, the second thing I need to say is – I am happy to be here in person with my co-host and our fantastic um, guest co-host, Emily Uncle. Uh, as Mike said, episode 11 was insane, and we had to have her back on for this. Um, but I do want to clear up a bit of controversy. If you listen to the last episode with Amy Moss, uh, who is our fantastic bartender from the UK, I think we all know that Michael broke the bed. I don't think that's And true. got a little too drunk on that pod. But here's the thing. I will not deprive you good people of this payoff. And neither will Michael. So what we're going to do is this bet is actually going to culminate in two losers. I will be doing the 10 shots for 10 questions today, and a video will be coming of Mike getting gonna, slapped in his big dumb We're going to discuss this later. We're going to leave this up to the guests. It was never said that I couldn't get drunk on a podcast. It was that I c couldn't get too wasted. Well, you got too it wasted. Was, it was like the pertinent information. 
Well, okay. that's, we'll talk about this later. I'm ready to fight this, you. This, I'm ready to fight This you, episode man. is all about you, Steve, not, right. not about me. I'm going right? to give you the reins back. I'm gonna <laughs> show you. I thought I'd show be you. the tiebreaker. I'll listen to the episode, and I will let you know <laughs> I like that. whether or not... I'm, 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 you're getting slapped. I don't know. You're getting slapped. She's not impartial. She said on episode one that I really want to see you get slapped. I also said I really wanted to see him take ten shots. So really, this works out best in both worlds for me. Listen, give the people what they want, like. Okay. Well, who knows? Maybe they don't want to see me get slapped. They already know that I lost that, that part of my tooth. That can't be possible. So, so. All right. So um, we're drinking Natty Bows today. Now, in one of our other episodes, we, you already ran through the, the history of the Natty Bow. Yeah. It's a Baltimore classic. I won't um, get too into it. I'll just get into the history for me. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, so that we're good. drinking Natty Bows tonight because uh, it's my go-to beer. It's cheap. It's everywhere in Baltimore. It says Baltimore. Um, when you see it, I love when people from around the country mistake the logo for the Pringles guy or the other chips guy. (laughs) And I have to make that correction. No, Natty Bo is quintessential Baltimore. It's the one eyed, um, son of a bitch whose face is over the city in neon lights and he winks at you. Um, I have been Natty Bo through and through since I started drinking. I have a Natty Bo tattoo on my ass, which has paid itself off so many times. Please tell me that story comes out today. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't, but we can work it in. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know which one we'll do, but maybe I should just tell it now very quickly. Nope, keep rolling. All right. Um, so I love it. I'm a, so glad you're got here. Got a Natty Bow tattoo right. on my ass, and every time I seem to take it out, I get three Natty Bows. It, it, you know, it's it's paid for itself ten times over. Is that what the winking eye is about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's well, a very specific bar that you yeah. get my, those free my, my Natty Bow has two winking eyes, if you know what I'm saying. And <laughs> I also have a Natty Bow stick shifter in my truck. So I, I love Natty Bow. Um it's a simple, easy beer. It doesn't. It's delicious. It really is for a cheap beer. When it it's cold, when it's cold, it's good. But it's you know, it's good uh, hometown ship beer. So mm-hmm. we're having Natty Bows today with all the other shots. I thought you yeah. know, let's just get a good easy base. Yeah. Um, for this episode. So. All right. Very good. So yeah, uh, what we like to do is you know we like to start off every episode if you didn't know this with our drink tip. Right? Really? What's that? So everybody, you know, all these young professionals, they're trying to look good on LinkedIn. They're trying to get their careers off the ground. Yeah. But. This is the Bartender Rant Podcast. So we're going to do your drink. What we want to know is how you got into the industry, kind of the experience of your service industry, and where you're at now. Are you still bartending? Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> it's been a crazy road. Uh, so much I'm, I'm turning 31 in less than a month. I've uh, been in this business over 17 years, and that, you know, it's, people always kind of uh, uh, have a weird face when I, when I say that math. That's because I started in this business illegally. In the back of my buddy's dad's pizza <laughs> restaurant at 13 years old. It was Manny's Family Restaurant in Rock Spring. It's now no longer there. It's shut down. It's now, I believe, like a Casa Mia's or something. Um, yeah. I got hired as a dishwasher getting paid cash under the table for one of the scariest Greek men I've ever met in my entire life, <laughs> Yanni Mastromanolis, a uh, big old hard ass. And, um, you know, I just, you know, went in, would work five, six hours washing dishes during big rushes. And then that would be it. They'd send me home every week. I'd get a, literally an envelope with cash in it. Um, and then I started working my way up from there. You know, I was at, I want to say it was at Manny's probably three, just close to two and a half, three years. Um, got to the point when I was done that I worked every position, you know, I went from a dishwasher to doing fryers went from fryers to bussing tables Went from that to doing the, the pizza oven and making the, the dough and the sauce and all that good stuff and some prep cooking. And then they put me on the grill. And the thing that they were known for there was cheesesteaks. And so I would slave over this hot grill all day, make, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cheesesteaks. So it paid off because you're, you're a very good cook. I was yeah. going to say, is he a good cook? Me, now I'm curious. Is. I feel like I got gypped because I'm getting drinks, which is great, but I feel like I could have gotten a cheesesteak for payment. I'm going to cook, no, no, I'm going to cook you, you and Ben dinner uh, Perfect, one of these okay. days. Uh, you got to have my Mr. crab. Mr. Uncle will love a cheesesteak. You got to have my crab cakes. 
I can certainly do the cheesesteak, but my crab cakes are my specialty. I will yeah. hold you to that, my friend. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll definitely do that. But yeah, I mean, honestly, God, my service industry experience started back a house. I, I never thought I would ever go front of house. I loved cooking. Um, I ended up leaving Manny's for a high-end Italian restaurant, was cooking there. Um, ended up working almost exclusively in kitchens uh, for the first like five, six years that I was in the business. Um, got my first ever serving gig right before I got out of, uh, out of high school. Um, at a local golf course, and they let me start service bartending, mm-hmm. illegally underage at the time. Um, and that's, you know, I've referenced that place a ton of times. That's the um, uh, Mountain Branch Country Club off job, uh, off 95 and, it, you know, just north of Baltimore, about 30 minutes. Had a great manager there named Dennis who came from five-star restaurants you know, or three-star restaurants all around the country. Had worked in Vegas. Had worked in some other, um, you know, high-end markets. Um, and... You know, he was just an incredible mentor. He taught me all about serving, uh, you know, like like serving tables, how to take uh, different um, types of orders, all the different things about cocktails, actually the body language of like placing plates down, which side to come on the customers. Mm-hmm. It was it was unbelievable training for a kid who was 17, didn't know shit about the business. So, um, yeah, I mean, from there, I went to college, West Virginia, and that's where I started to realize, holy shit. I fucking hate the back of the house. I am just putting up with, you know, uh, bullshit orders. Um, it's people, you know, I was working at a, another kind of Italian uh, pizza place that would do late night food till like four in the morning. And I was cooking cheesesteaks and wings and desserts till four oh, in the morning. God. You were hanging out with all the drunk kids at yeah. 4 a.m. Bless yeah. your heart. You have come up in the world, my yeah. friend. So I said, I said, it's time to go front of the house. I'm, you know, I, I can't keep yelling back here and cursing at these people under my breath just to myself. So so now you want to do it to their face. Yes, yeah. that's correct. That's, you know, so I, um, yeah, I moved front of the house, started uh, picking up some serving gigs. Um, you know, obviously bartending gigs as well. I had, uh, you know, I had that bartending experience from doing service bars. So did a lot of lying, you know, a lot of telling um, everything from a high volume bar to a cocktail bar. Oh yeah, I've worked high volume. Oh yeah, I can do six deep at the bar. Oh yeah, I know how to do all the cocktails. And, um, you know, really just figured out as I went along. I had great, great people around me. I had some awesome, awesome uh, friends in the business that helped me. People like Dirty Tom. Um, I had some other great mentors, you know, people like Mike Centeni, um, people like Eric Ferber. Uh, you know, these people, they, they are experts in this trade and they know how to, uh, manage expectations of customers, coworkers. They know, they taught me so many things about, um, making different drinks or how to interact with people. So yeah, it start, I just kept coming up in the business. I've been pretty much exclusively bartending, um, and serving over the course of the past, I don't know, uh, probably about the past five to to eight years now yeah. well and i think i even said on one of the episodes you you are a baltimore bar whore you yeah. have, you've worked in a ton of places i've been everywhere I've been... we could honestly spend an hour talking about Do you want me to see the... how many i can rip off in like a minute here <laughs> no, no because i don't want them you know to you have <laughs> to start taking shots here soon buddy yeah. we can't sit here for two hours yeah, well that's another thing People, <laughs> i have a flight back to kansas today leaving out of it's Dallas. also the day before thanksgiving yeah. which I don't, so, I don't know if you guys have heard is apparently a busy travel day yeah, apparently. Like so so okay so we know and before... yes yeah, so i'll wrap i'll wrap it up yeah. i'll wrap it so, up because i know we gotta move on to the more important uh, section which is the gauntlet here um look the truth is i've held every position you could hold other than owning a place um i've managed some uh some bars from uh um you know whether that's doing the, the actual bar management and inventory and stuff uh i've g- recently been guesting occasionally in some kitchens like i've actually done some spot cooking here and there but right now 
I'm at the wonderful Das Beer Hall uh, in Parkville, Maryland. You got to come check us out. We are a authentic German and Belgian beer hall. Yeah. We got beers the size of your head, $5 liter crushes seven days a week, and this beautiful face behind the bar. That's right. You know, you got personality. You got personality coming out the ass. I do every, I'm, I'm behind the bar every Friday night at Das. So uh, anybody looking for a good time, some conversation, some fun, we like to have a good time in there. He makes a mean shot, and I can definitely attest to, um, I don't call it a blackout. I'll definitely call it a brownout. Yes. Um, definitely off of Steve's shots. Yeah, so. Good shots, but apparently really bad orange brushes. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> hey, awful. Listen, if you I put have more my... than an ounce of OJ in any type of crush, I'm going to fucking fight you. Look, but look. If I'll let I you had, do you. I'll let if you I do had you. my way, we would be making the orange crushes with fresh squeeze. We don't do it there, but. Um... Well, now I'm never fucking going back. I'm done. I'm, <laughs> I'm calling it. it. I'm done. But I'm right there with, you know. I, I make the drinks for what the people ask for and for the volume. But And you're damn good at it. I've well, seen you in you. action many, many times. And I think that you are – you're really good at um, the, like, movement portion, which yeah. is really hard to do. You connect with every other one of your bartenders, and you can kind of read what people do before they do it. It's funny because I'm a ter- I'm a shit dancer, right? I have a lot of passion on the dance floor, but I got no rhythm. But behind the pipes, I pick up on the little bevels and movements very quickly, especially if I'm at a new bar. It's always been – I don't know. It's just, like, made sense to me. Um, that movement around the bar, especially when it's high volume, you got 10 of us like flying in every direction. I do pride myself on that. And I pride myself on being the, the fastest. Like you order a drink for me, I'm going to take your drink order. The five people around you's drink orders. I'm going to have them all over to you in under a minute, um, before you can even look at another bartender. That's always kind of been my This thing, is the so. only time a woman will ever tell you that she likes how fast. Jesus all right, well that's great. You wanted to have me here. No, so. I'm I'm loving it. So that's great. So I think we got a, a pretty decent little uh, uh, look into Steve's service bartending and uh, or his, excuse me, his his service career and history. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I gotta pause this really quick because my boss just emailed me and I think I'm on fire. So oh, we're gonna take a quick little just a little quick little pausey pause and then we'll get into the show. Yeah, sorry. So we had to take a quick little pause there. Uh, I think, are we good now? Yeah, we're good. All right, so Steve is stress-free. officially good. Steve is stress-free, aside from the mountain of mini oh, shots that oh, lays before him. <laughs> All right, so... My we, mother's going to listen to <laughs> So I think we got a, a pretty good uh, background of, of Steve, of course. We've heard, you know, some of his background on the other episodes. Yeah. Um, so that's great. So I think we're ready to move on to, to the real meat of the episode. Now, when we initially talked about this, we were just going to do 10 shots one shot for each, you know, the questions in the gauntlet. Yeah, what's up? Oh, just be nice. Oh, no, darling. We're not going to, we'll, we'll, we're gonna, we don't want nice. you to get alcohol poisoning. And that's another thing, folks. You know, our motto here on the show is don't just listen long, drink long. Don't drink long to this episode. No. Okay, this is not recommended. We don't recommend that anyone does this. Poor Steve is being a hell of a trooper. And and he's gonna he's gonna go through this. We're not gonna try and kill him. I do this for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do this because I love y'all. Okay? A man of the people, a true yeah. man of the people. Oh, exactly. So uh, what we've done is instead of just picking one shot, one liquor, we're going to try and theme each shot to the question <laughs> in the gauntlet. So we'll see how well my pairings uh, did. But I, I, you know, basically Steve's gonna be ingesting seventeen different kinds of liquor this morning at eleven forty. Yeah, it's almost noon. We're getting close. We should. That's all right. Good God. Five o'clock. Somewhere. You know, I just realized something. If I use my gas baggery to extend out the questions. I have more time between each shot. Oh, I'll shut you up. Okay, but here's the thing, too. I would not recommend that. I think the better idea is to try and 
Drink all the shots. You're biased. You're biased because you just want to catch a plane. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to go home for Thanksgiving as I'm an asshole. You're fucking selfish. No, you are selfish, dude. Ridiculous. I'm just saying, like, you're gonna get fucked up no matter what you do. All right, let's so just do if, it. Let's if we, go. If we Come drag on. it out too long, it's just you're dragging it out right now. Okay, so fine. So do you want to introduce the first shot, then, host? No, no. We're, yeah. So here it is. Here it is. The motherfucking gauntlet, episode twenty-five. Let's go. All right, so welcome to the gauntlet. All right, we we we're, I'm excited for this. So first first question in the gauntlet is, um, did you forget how the show works? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting calls and shit. Leave me alone, goddamn it, doofus. Well, this is harder than it looks. <laughs> All right, so first question in the gauntlet: pet peeves and misconceptions. And whenever it comes to, to these, you know, when you're working at the bar and you're dealing with assholes, you're dealing with all these things that, that irk you and you have to just keep a smile on your face. At the end of the day, you don't need a fancy floofy shot. You just need some fucking liquor to help you move you into your night and, you know, wash away all the bullshit yeah, from that sure, shit. Sure. So what we're going to start off with is we're going to start off with a shot of Jameson. I actually now, appreciate this. If we have to start off with something, this is where so I want to be. In an act of solidarity, I'm going to do this shot with Steve. Not okay. me. Where's the throw-up bucket, by the way? Oh, we actually do need a throw-up. We actually do need a few. We'll, we'll get that we'll at get a half time. Yeah. We'll get it a half. I'll be able right. to get that far. So, if that happens, I'm letting you know right now, I will fall on the floor and have to leave. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I'm i a yak and rally kind of guy, so there's a deal. I also am I, fight or, I do not have fight or flight. I am flight 100%. So cheers, right. boys. Oh, yeah, and actually, we didn't cheers the, uh, yep. Nighty cheers the neighbors. So here we go. Cheers, everybody. And cheers, Steve. Cheers. Good night, buddy. Let the debauchery begin. Oh, yeah. So you want me to just jump right into this? Yeah, tell us what. Peeve, buddy. Yeah, what are what are some of the pet peeves that really irk you in the service industry, or maybe what are some of the misconceptions yeah. that people who aren't in the service industry might have about so, working behind the bar? So I want to preface some of my answers today by just very quickly saying I know we've talked a lot about these on the show, and and you know the big feedback from all you listeners out there is that I talk too much. So I really challenge myself to bring you some answers that I haven't said before. So these are not maybe all my number two, one top pet peeves. Sure. I mean. I love some of the other ones our guests have shared, but these are ones that are personal to me. Um, the one that I really have a, uh, uh, is most frustrating is people not asking for help. Oh, okay? yes. And this comes in multiple different forms, all right? So the very common one at my bar is we don't have a hostess. We're high volume, all right? And people will walk in and they will stand in the middle of the restaurant and they will just stare about <laughs> like they have a head injury. And they will not, but they will not say anything to anybody. You'll come up to them. Can I help you? Oh, you know, just, just got here. Just got here. Okay. Okay. Would you like a table? Well, yeah. How do we get seated? Um, oh, did you, you miss put your ass in a fucking chair? Did you miss the signage on the front door and coming up the stairs? And once you came in at the bar that says, please seat yourselves. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. So I, I definitely, when, when people are like stranded animals and they can't seem to open their mouths to ask for help, that's a very difficult one. But this this pet peeve become like has derivatives to it as well. Uh, one of the most angry you'll ever see me as a server or a bartender is if you are the type of person that um, has an issue with maybe your dish or the service, um, and I try to correct it. Right. So your food comes out, you make the comment. You know, I do the bite check after two minutes of it hitting the table to make sure the food is good, and you say something to me to the effect of like, "Oh, I think my burger's overcooked." Oh, please. Look, I would love to let me cook you a new one on the fly. I'll go talk to the kitchen. It'll come right out. Um, I'll comp it. Don't worry about that. Let me buy you a drink or something. 
And they'll say, no, 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 it's fine. I'll eat it. I'll eat it. It's fine. <laughs> only to, con only to complain later. Or... If, what if they just complain then and they don't? Do they just well, they say, don't complain. That's better though. But if they don't, yeah. If, if they only, Emily's right. If they only complain then, they're not the type of person I'm talking about, right? Okay. If you complain later, well, sir, we had a conversation 20 minutes ago where I could have helped you. You're talking about like if you give them the check and they're like, oh, well, the burger was overcooked, right. and while I ate it, you should take it off the right. check, even though you, you offered you, to do that you 40 minutes ago. Right. Yeah, fuck so them. you won't let me help you. And then, and another kind of uh, subcategory of this are the people that say nothing. So you come to the table, you do your bike checks, you follow up for a drink check, you do, you know, you have a uh, very attentive service at the table, and you keep asking, is there anything I can do to make your day better? Um, is is the food delicious? You know, are you enjoying everything? Um, but they never, ever, ever say anything to you. They just keep saying, everything's great. Everything's great. And at the end of the meal, they complain. Yeah. You know, I would have had a much better time if. And that's where I get really frustrated. I'm like, you won't let me help you. Yeah. And I say, I say this to the customers every time. I said, listen, if you ever come in here and you have an issue, I want you to tell me immediately. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't tell me, two things happen. One, I can't fix the problem and I can't help you have a good a good time but the bigger thing that you're maybe not thinking about Mr. Customer is my team and I cannot correct the issue if the soup is too uh, salty if the chicken's overcooked I want to be able to run into the kitchen and tell my chef hey guess what we're overcooking yeah. the chicken dishes yep. hey guess what that soup is too salty we shouldn't serve it anymore yeah like they could actually they could actually be not only helping their experience but helping the entire restaurant's experience by communicating what's going on not and, and not just the patrons but the other servers tips yeah I mean everything and you it, know it all, it all fucks the, up like the, the, the chef the chef yeah the chef yeah well and that's I think a lot of people just don't know how it's you've said before identify an issue you, it's not even you're complaining you're just identifying that there's an issue and yeah. you're trying to figure out what to, to how to make that situation how to remedy it i but i say that to the customers all the time i was like listen if you don't tell me if you don't share with me what the problem is i can't help you and also we can't get better right and that should be the goal of every restaurant employee no matter how long you work there the customers you put up with is getting better service better customers better tips that should be your goal every time because if i don't know i don't know about y'all i'm there to make fucking money that's why i'm there um and so i want it to be you know, I want it to, to work. And if you're not giving me feedback, um, it doesn't. I think maybe some people are shy. Some people just want to wait to complain. Mm. Some That's people enjoy thing, complaining. Yeah, there's yeah. a difference between people who don't want to complain because they don't want to cause a scene. Me, I'm 31 years old and a professional bartender, and I've never sent my food back in right. my entire life because right. I'm terrified because I've been in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's those people, and then there's the other people who are legitimate professional complainers that just yeah. want to fucking watch the world burn mm. yeah and there is a very special circle in hell waiting for yes. those friends yes. down absolutely. there absolutely the professional fucking they're gonna be greeted by 10 shots before they oh five, the and it's all of these <laughs> in order in 10 minutes you <laughs> yes. Know? yes all right well that's great so and like i said i know we've talked about a bunch of pet peeves and misconceptions is there anything else you want to add to that no category? that's good i mean I, I i could go all day with with certain things i'd like to change i mean we talked a lot one time on the show, don't order something that you're not going to use. That one always drives me nuts. Don't do the double order. Don't do the double order. But that that one in particular, I think, is my probably my biggest one. I just know I've shared it on the show. If you order lemons to your table to garnish your drinks and you don't squeeze that lemon into your water, I want to squeeze you to your <laughs> oh okay? Squeeze it into their eyes. I, I, yeah, exactly. You I can't see this, but his cheeks literally just got right. I, I, can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how many customers when I used to work down at the beach would take the lemon garnish and put it on their drink and then not use and it. And not use it, yeah. Just to garnish their water Just cup. make it look pretty. What's wrong with and that? 
Oh my god, I wanted to. Every time they took a drink, I wanted to slap the drink out of their hand. It was ridiculous. That's good. Well, we Let's keep we it don't going. want to get Steve too fired up here. All right. So, question angry. number two best and worst tips. So, for this one, this was a pretty easy one for me to choose. We're going with the money shot. All right. Yeah. Now, also, listeners, please know that there are, a tr- there are a ton of different ways online for some of these shots to be concocted. So, they may not all be up to snuff with exactly what the true shot is. I didn't do that much research. But for the money shot on this one, poor Steve. <laughs> He's just Everybody. We're gonna go with amaretto, melon liqueur, and Irish cream. Do you so not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Shaking over ice yeah, too, so yeah. it's nice and chilly. This is gonna be a little bit Sorry, of a noisy, noisy episode, but we're gonna be making these shots to go. We're not gonna pre-make them, you know. So, so in the interest of time, while she's kind of doing that, I'm gonna kind of start jumping into. Yeah, life. perfect. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Um, we won't get ahead of ourselves, but I'll at least jump into it. So. I've talked a lot about different tip stories on here, um, you know, holiday tips that are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to talk about like three really quick, and I'm just going to go one after another quick hitter. So right. um, one of the greatest tips I ever got was not money. It wasn't. I had a, a set of regulars that the connection that we had was talking about cooking. Um, it was a husband and wife. They sat down at my bar one day. Um, I think I had like just... Oh. I just started. Sorry. No, it's okay. I got the decent roto. I, mean, I got the good stuff. I just, I just started law school at the time, and you know, I was very poor. But one of the things I was spending my money on, you know, Mike and I, Mike, pot, shake cross. Oh no, I was in a hole. Okay, sorry. Shake. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Mike and I were living together at the time, and we were really only spending our money on two things. We were spending on good booze and good food, and uh, I was doing a lot of cooking. And I meet this uh, couple that walks into my bar, and immediately, from 20 minutes okay. into the first interaction, um, I'm they're they're asking me, tell us a little about about the menu. What do you like? And I give them a full tour. I'm going appetizers, entrees, sandwiches, salads. I'm giving all these little details about specials, and they're like, wow, you seem to have a lot of knowledge of the menu um, for being like working at a place like this because I was working at like this local kind of burger joint, mm-hmm. and you know they had some other food, but. The reason why is I'm, I'm passionate about cooking. I like talking about the little details of the menu and bringing that stuff to, to life and giving it some color. And they go, do you like to cook? And immediately we just hit it off. So we had this relationship for probably about a year. I served them a ton. They became my regulars. And one day the husband walked in with a big brown box and puts it on the bar. He's like, Steve, I just took a great trip to Sur La Table, which is the high-end mm. restaurant store in the mall. Um and he goes, I want you to have these. This is my old set of Hankles. <gasps> nice. And I was like, whoa. And if you listeners don't know what Hankles are, they're high-end German uh, forged steel cooking knives. I mean, these things oh, are – so Sets of them are, you know, thousand-plus dollars. I mean, they're, they're serious knives. Nothing I could afford at the time for sure. And, you know, I was working off Walmart knife sets and, uh, and shitty cutting boards. So um, I was actually like – I was like, I can't take this, man. And he was like, no, seriously, I don't need them anymore. I bought a new set. You take them pristine great condition awesome tip just i still have them to this day they're they're an incredible incredible set of knives so and I, I think that really speaks to the rapport that not everyone has but bartenders especially like you who you have a great personality you're very outspoken and and engaging um what's the know, catch here mike when's it coming <laughs> you know i love you steve just give me just, just pour the shot it's pour the, important here's the shot the whole so thing? If, you, if you look it's, up money shot it's, it's please got water make sure you do money shot the drink because yeah. I feel like you're going to find something drastically different if you just look up Money Shot on the Google. It does look like a Money Shot. It does. Bit. All right, well, bottoms up. 
No, Steve. I mean, you know, you, you, and, you and I have been friends. That's you and I have been friends good. for a long time, and we get each other. We, you know, we butt heads a lot. Yeah. But you do have such an engaging personality, and uh, I just think a story like this shows that you built this. You had a connection with these people, and you built yeah. this relationship. And I think that's why so many people are drawn to the service industry because of those interactions that you get to have and those relationships you no get doubt. to build with random people who just happen to walk into the bar or restaurant that you happen to be serving at. So no doubt, you know, cool. I'll always remember that couple. They were good to me. Anytime um, you can make like a personal connection with a table or a bar guest or whatever you want to call them at the time, regulars even. I think the better bartender you become over time yeah. because you're able to make those relationships in such a short amount of time. If you only ever see them once in your life, they're going to remember you forever. They're going to talk about you specifically mm -hmm. at your bar or your restaurant, wherever you are. Um, and that also makes like a huge difference in their day, week, life, whatever. You yeah. never know who you're going to meet. So no doubt. I think you're really good at it. Well, I appreciate that. It's fine. I'll insult you in about that. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, I mean, other tips that are monetary, you know, one, uh, I'll go, I'll stick on the good train. We, we had a, um, we had a guy that at, when I was working at the seafood place, um, I think we can just call it that for now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Mike and I actually plug him on the pot all the time. If you listen through the outro, we talk about being one of our Bozells. Mm -hmm. That's because we had a regular there. I'm not going to use his first name, but, uh, pretty incredible guy. Um, went out of his way for so many of us bartenders and servers and just, yeah, I mean, the guy was a tank. He would come in there with his family. He would put away Budweiser's, get a ton of crabs, run up a check, have a good time. He was the life of the party. I mean, he still is the life of the party. He's just, he's, he's a unique guy. And, um, he would always really ask, know what, you know, what's really going on in your life and, and just come up with these incredible, incredible tips. So, uh, my very first time ever going to Vegas, <clears throat> I served his table the day before I had my flight and he, and he goes, you're in a chipper mood. What's the deal? And I go, oh, Robbie and I are going to go to Vegas uh, tomorrow. I'm, I'm pretty fucking pumped my first time. He goes, oh, shit. Pulls out a wad of hundreds, just starts ripping them off one after another. And he goes, there's some money for gambling. There's some money for hookers. There's some money for coke. You know, and he's just like, he's just ripping them off. He's like, he's like, you got to do Vegas, right? And just like hands it to me. I was like, Fuck this! I've never. But got no, I can't like take that. this. And he goes, "It's fucking Vegas, baby." <laughs> Fuck yeah! So that is awesome. Yeah, I always remember what that you, one. What do you think this guy did for work? Oh, I know what he did for work, and I can't say it. All right, he was a hitman. No, what, no, no, no. He, he, he's <laughs> Andre Killer. He's very well, honest to God. We, you know, his last name is is enough to to probably uh, probably uh, identify him. So I'm going to leave out what he does for work because he's very well known. Well, and that's the thing. The so area. we talked about yeah. this as well. Bozell's obviously a one in a million type of guest. You know, it's yeah. very rare that I was going to say, can you please explain this to me? Because I honestly don't know what the fuck you're talking about with a Bozell. So that's the... that's his last name. Yeah. And so we've uh, we've affectionately referred to our best listeners on the show, people that might donate or buy the merch or just help us oh, continue cool. doing the show as Bozell. So we always sure. say, if you want to be a Bozell at the end of the show. Oh, shit. So that's okay. where oh, I feel like I probably should have done my research. No, 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 no. That's, 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 no, that's a good question, too, for people who might not listen to the outro. Totally <laughs> You're welcome. I did this for you. So, so last story on the tips, the tip question to wrap that up because I know you got to keep going. I, I've told the story just briefly on the pod before, but I want to touch on it again. Uh, you know, Mike and I were met working at the Nautilus Diner, right? This place where you know we wore the bow tie and the monkey suit. And frankly, that business was all about table turnaround. Get your table in, yep. get them fed, get them the fuck out, get another table. That's how you make money. Um, when I was working there. There were a couple huge mistakes that I made, and we'll get to that mistakes and fuck-ups. Um, but long story short, I stopped getting good shifts. I wasn't making money, and I was kind of struggling in my my life financially. So 
I went to the owner. I said, is there anything I could do to make more money? He goes, yeah, you can drive an hour south to Annapolis and you can work at our sister location and you can do overnights on Friday and Saturday nights. And we'll give you every Friday and Saturday night overnight. Um, you have to commit to it, but we'll pay you to go down there and you'll get a better, like better tips. I said, okay, that's what I got to do. Um, so my whole first year of law school, that's what I did. I drove an hour every Friday afternoon down to Annapolis, worked the overnight, came back, slept for a little bit, did some homework, went back down Saturday night, did that again. And, uh, I find myself working a Friday night, Christmas Eve into a Saturday morning, Christmas day shift at this diner. Um, and I get a group of about 15 that walks in somewhere around like two thirty, three 3 o'clock in the morning. So post bar crowd, they're hammered. They come in. It is the rudest table ever. Not so much because they were rude, but because they were hammered, right? Everybody's ordering at the same time. Um, they're yeah, not no, happy. No regard for what you're doing. Yeah. They're not happy with anything, but I'm like, it is what it is. I'm in a good mood. It's Christmas tomorrow. I'm off. I'm just going to hang out. Um, they run up like a $150 tab. And get to the end, and they paid all in cash, pretty much all in singles. So I'm sitting there at the table as they're walking out, counting everything. Mm-hmm. Had to count it twice to make sure and realize, wow, um, they've paid exactly the check oh. with exact change down, oh, to, down to the penny. Merry wow. fucking Christmas, man. <laughs> they, they took the time to find change amongst themselves and pay it down to the penny. It was like 151.17. It was like a Christmas fucking screw. Yeah. So at this point, it is Christmas, right? It's, it's you know, 3.30 in the morning by the time they're done their meal. I've been working all night. I'm the only server there. And I come out out of the, the party room in the back, and I am fuming mad. And I'm ready to say something to them. And our manager, Husto, intercepts me. He, like, sees this happening. He's the only, <laughs> other, the only other person there other than the kitchen staff. And he, like, grabs – he, like, seriously, like, grabs me by the neck and he's like, Steve, what happened? What happened? And I go, dude, they just – they didn't tip a single dollar on a $150 check. I was like – and I held it. I was like, look, they gave me the fuck – they gave me literally change yeah. for the exact amount. And he goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> and if anybody knows Husto, he's the most even-tempered, level-headed guy ever. He's the perfect person to be a manager at a bullshit restaurant. Mm-hmm. That guy took off into the parking lot and said, we don't want your business here anymore. Get out of here. You you come in on Christmas Day. And he starts letting them have it. And I'm sitting in there like, yeah, that's my motherfucker. Yeah. I ride with that what, guy. What a manager, man. Because most managers would just tell you to suck it up and deal with it. Yeah. And he, he had your back. So that's yeah, fucking awesome. He did. Che- cheers to Husto. Oh, yeah. Cheers what a great guy. Know. Miss you, buddy. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but I miss you. All right, great. Well, do you have any other tip stories for No, us? I don't. I think we got to move on here. All right. Let's go on to worst drink orders fuck me okay, it's so, this one it oh, is absolutely this i'll tell one. you this this is this is a throwback and i'm sorry you know what once we get through this one they they're not as bad after this i'll tell you you that lie much. like a fucking rug <laughs> just just give them i some mean hope. yeah of course give absolutely suspense so there has been a theme on this podcast we've had a lot of uh different drinks that people don't like to make or you know blended stuff or just weird drink orders but there's been something that's come back time and time again and that is the long island iced tea Okay, that was, mine. that was yours. We've had uh, the garbage can, uh, which is basically the, a Long Island yeah, with the Red Bull. Red Bull yeah. So that has come back multiple times. the The rule on the podcast is if you're not 21 or 18 overseas, if it's legal yeah, drinking, yeah. In, in Europe, that's that's the only time. The first year that you are allowed to legally drink in public, that is the only time you're allowed to order a Long Island iced tea. Except for today, which we basically have a Long Island iced tea shop for you. What we're gonna do for this one. 
It's called the Adios Motherfucker. And I thought it was perfect. It's obviously called the Adios Motherfucker because you take it and you're gone. Pretty much. But <clears throat> Get to it, dude. <laughs> the Adios Motherfucker, we need to Adios this drink, all right? You need to stop ordering this unless it's that first year. So basically what this one's going to be, it's going to be gin, vodka, rum, blue carousel, tequila, and that's it. So we're gonna mix yeah. it up, Steve. You got I know this is rough, man, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pull it together for the people. I want you to be in a good mood. This is exciting. This is a momentous occasion for the podcast here. Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah. I just want the damn yeah. shot. You're, you know, it's the anticipation that's killing me right now. <laughs> it's funny to me that you're telling him to stop talking so much. <laughs> Are we interrupting? No, not at all. I'm, I'm just trying to be productive while while you guys are pouring the drinks. Well, we, or at least so this is drink. worst worst drink orders though. So I mean, you know, it is. Is there any particular uh, drink that you hate to make, or any way that certain people request yeah, drinks sure. to be made? Sure. Um, you know, I uh, I got a couple here. I mean, I think one of them that's a difficult for me is when somebody's a very particular has a very particular drink they order, but they don't actually know how it's made. Mm-hmm. That's a really uh, frustrating one. I don't think that's one we talked about in the pod. So I pride myself on making a pretty damn good martini. Um, and I know the questions you need to ask. You know, you order a martini, I'm going to hit you with the classic three. Is it gin or vodka? Mm. Okay. Do you want it dry or not? You know, so vermouth or not? Um, and I know there's different schools of thought there, but let's we don't need to get bogged down. And then the last question is, do you want it up or on the rocks? And, you know, it's frustrating to me when people either squawk at those questions or they're confused by those questions. So please know how you actually want your drink and what the things mean. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many people have ordered up and said, why aren't there rocks in this? Well, you ordered it up. Yeah. Some people order it uh, straight uh, and they go, why isn't this cold? And I'm, you ordered it straight, straight, neat. You know, it's not, it's not going to be chilled. So that's always frustrating. Um, I hate, hate, hate any customer that orders tequila or whiskey cold. It is, yeah, it is sacrilege you. Oh, sweet love, you would hate to serve me. It is sacrilege. <laughs> I am a tequila over ice, or right. I want tequila shaken. Listen, okay. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Not, not whiskey, though, at least, right? I don't drink whiskey because yeah. I, I will fight people. And let me, <laughs> not and let me clarify. <laughs> if you're drinking uh, it as a drink, like sipping it, that's it's fine. You yeah. can put it over ice, okay? If you're drinking it as a cocktail, right, like so it's mixed in with other stuff, that's sure. fine. I'll shake it, and I'll pour cold. My issue is a shot of tequila That's or what a I want, shot though. of whiskey. No. Oh, you're going to hate get, me. Get, I get, love this. Just get some salt and get a lime. You know but I mean? I, I'm, I'm a little little bitch when I take <laughs> shots. Like I need them to either be one of these little woo-woo shots or I need them super, super chilled. So I am absolutely coming in on Friday and ordering a <laughs> shot of Don Julio chilled with training wheels. <laughs> so you're just getting less and for your And a Dr. Body. Pepper bag. <laughs> that is a huge pet. All right, speaking of shots, let me shake, shake it up. See, and that's fine, but really what you're doing is you're just cheating yourself because you're getting less liquor. Yeah. Basically all that's well, happening there. While Mike's pouring this, I'll give you the ones that are maybe more um, appropriate for this category. So um, I... I'll go with you. Is this, is this it? Can this, I take this? This is you. Are we good? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, so, gonna, it's it. so blue. Yeah, and I don't know. It looks like fucking blue, blue carousel in there. Oh, as well. fuck me. Dude. I'm, I'm going to do it with you. That way you're not alone. Right. So we'll audio together. Can we together. pour a little bit small ones? Dude, these are doubles. You No, that's not a double. I'm just you... Pour it in there. Pour it in there. Fuck. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Adios, motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> Probably tastes all right. That's one, of worst, that's one of the worst. <laughs> oh, I hate my that actually does taste like Windex. It's one all right, of the worst I'll tell you right now. 
we don't need any, any deliberation. You can you can slap me, okay? Yeah. That's it's a done deal. Oh, you can slap me. Oh, that's not good. That's not it's good. Not even one. <laughs> Shit. Well, there's no, there's no soda. There's no Coke. Okay. All right. Fuck, that's only the third one. Well, I'm going to keep going. going. I'm going to keep going. So, like, for this category, I think what's more appropriate is the drinks that really skeeved me out. And I was introduced to a brand new one the other day. Okay? Ooh. I had a party of lacrosse coaches. Um, it was all, it was 60 lacrosse coaches from a college and a couple high schools all came in to celebrate some anniversary of a championship that they won years ago. And they got rowdy. And at one point in the night, they come up to my bar, and and he goes, and one of the lacrosse coaches goes, 10 shots. And I go, of what? And he goes, I don't know, but try to hurt me. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And he goes, try to hurt me. And I, I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, do you want, like, tequila or whiskey? I was like, is that hurting you? And he goes, it's like, no, something real fucked up. <laughs> And I was like, uh, okay. And, I, and he's like, seriously, the most fucked up thing you can think of. I want everybody in here puking their guts out. And I'm like, what is this? Some like weird male toxic masculinity chicken game that you're playing with your buddies right now? I was like, fine, whatever. I said, Aww. I said, you know, that I said, you know, they're not going to be cheap. And he goes, I don't care. Just fucking hurt me. And I was like, all right. Um, this guy wants me to hurt him. So I poured Rumplemints and pickle vodka into the, oh, into the no. same glass. Mint pickle, no. And man. I served I served ten Rumplemints and pickle vodka shots. And I want you to know that the smell of the, I don't think made me gag. Oh it was God. fucking. How did, awful. how did he take it? Was he was he happy with it? They the all pounded it. I want to say only two of them threw up. <laughs> nice. They ran to the bathroom together though, and I think they shared it. I, I have to imagine being a bunch of lacrosse coaches co- coaches. That's not the first time those two threw up together. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's probably oh the God. grossest thing that I've ever made. The grossest thing I've ever drank. Okay. Um, I got onto a real hard, hard, hard kick when I first turned 21 with old fashions. And like, there was a time in my life where no matter where I went, and this is the big mistake, no matter where I went, I was going to order an old fashioned, whether that was like a fucking Ruby Tuesdays or the nicest cocktail bar in Manhattan, I was ordering an old-fashioned because that was my drink. And I made the mistake of ordering an old-fashioned from the Green Turtle in, oh. on Broadway uh, in Fells Point. And when I tell you it was 80% grenadine and about 10% whiskey and 10% bitters, it was, it was awful. It was like drinking spiced cherry juice and... Honest to God, it ruined my entire old-fashioned experience for a couple years. Like, I, st- I was like, man, I got to take a break from these. Too many bartenders are like, think that it's all cherry juice, and, and I can't drink this. It's not palatable. So I switched to whiskey sodas, and whiskey sodas became my go-to. We, we so. actually talked about this on your episode, because I remember uh, yeah. you said you were going with torches and pitchforks. Yeah. And you were, and you were yeah. wearing the green turtle uh, shirt, so... Um, I love a I love a good old fashioned. It is something that I absolutely pride myself on is making a good one. Even yeah. my husband is a huge whiskey drinker, and even will say that I make a really good old fashioned. And he is fucking picky. Ben, sort your life out. But <laughs> I cannot imagine that experience. Do you want to talk like after this? Like, are you okay? I have a really good therapist. Like, if you need a hug or something, like you, you know, I that honest experience to God, is fucking. I mean, sure. Have I repressed those memories? Absolutely. Um, do I frequent the Green Turtle? Frequent? Uh, right. He said what that the other day. Frequent. 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 Where the fuck are you from? 
Damn! No, Brooke, no, what? Okay, double check. Double check the pronoun. Okay, I'm going to sit on that co-ouch like, and just have a nice talk with You know that it's somebody. pronounced, I, I believe it's pronounced different if it's like, if you say someone comes around frequently, you can say it like that. But if you go somewhere, the verb of actually going somewhere often is frequent. Oh. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll I don't know. Double check that. That might, be a, total, want, that might want, be a total lie. I don't know. I'm three shots of it. I'm sorry. That shit. just threw me for a frequented loop. No, but I mean, the, look. The truth, I believe you. I will believe you on this one. I'll let you in because it's your I, I might be wrong. The, the truth is this. It has not ruined old fashions for me. I have, I definitely love a good old fashioned. I mean, One-Eyed Mike's is my favorite old fashioned in the mm. world right now. They do it maple with uh, the blowtorch, and it's fucking – the whole presentation, everything is amazing. Yeah. So they have not ruined old fashions. But I will I will say that that was the first experience in my life where I really learned – and I was young. I was 21, 22 when it happened. Um, I really learned not all bartenders are made the same. Not mm-hmm. all bars are made the same. Very true. My um, and, and it takes some time to learn that. So that's uh, – unfortunately, that did send me down a weird road. Um, after that, my go-to drink became whiskey soda, and it just went down too easy and – that's when the blackouts came. So. Yeah. Now, before we move on to the next question, when you know, you had the guy coming up saying, give me the worst drink. I actually did that for a friend's 21st birthday. I went to the bartender. Ooh. I think it was like in CBPs in Towson. And I said, give, it's his 21st birthday. Give me the worst shot that you can think of. He just brought back what looked like whiskey in a shot glass. I'm like, well, what is it? It's like Wild Turkey 101. I'm like, that was the best you can come up with? He's like, well, I microwaved it. Oh! <laughs> oh! oh! <laughs> and took it to the kid. Explain what it was. He took it back up to the bartender. He said, I'm not drinking this. The guy was like, it's your 21st birthday. You have to drink it. And the kid threw up all the way home yeah. after that. Oh, so, <laughs> awesome. You really want a gross drink, just, you know, microwave some one-on-one. We're not doing microwave. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 there's nothing hot. No. I mean, I know it's turkey day tomorrow. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no hot turkey shots on here. Hot, hot, <laughs> hot shot, hot shot, hot shot. What <laughs> the did I get myself into? Today? All right, so as far as our worst drink orders, we got it wrapped up. No, nah, we're good. We're good on that category. Let's keep moving. All right, so moving on to question number four. What's number four? Ultimate mistake. And fuck ups. Oh god, like, I got yours. Are your coworkers? I actually don't have any for this category because I'm perfect. Yeah. Never, you lie. Never made mistakes, so, so but, just you just told us like five minutes ago that yeah, you made a big old fuck some, up. I have some good ones. So for this one, this this is basically when you or your coworkers crash and burn. And yeah. what better shot? For that, than the kamikaze. Okay. <laughs> I actually love kamikaze. I do kamikaze, too. That's a good shot. Dude, can I get extra lime in this one? Of sure. course. Look you how much we've got for you, man. We got you. I actually like these. You know, and and if the listeners in spa don't know already, I don't like vodka. Really? At all. I didn't know that. I hate vodka. Vodka and I don't agree. Actually, this is the one. You My know, Polish family would not like the, you. The, the vodka. You want one too? The vodka. Are you? No, no. I've got to fly. I don't want to. I was kidding. telling. I was telling Steve I might be drunk after this episode. And I was like, I'll be flying drunk like Captain yeah. Whitaker, so I need to be a little careful because Dolus vo- is not fun to get through. What did yeah. you just? What did you? How did you put this one out there? Dolus. Dolus. Well, I frequent. You said frequent. Frequent is how it's. I don't believe. Don't you. make me look I up the YouTube can't. pronunciation, guys. I just can't. Right now. I'm not gonna. It's not pronounced Dolus. Dolus. <laughs> That's what maybe dull people from the plains call it. Dolus, but. Listen, so in my opinion on this drink, because it's one of the only vodka drinks I will drink. 
Gotta have triple sec in it. It, cha- it changes the entire experience. A girlfriend of mine in college used to order these, and we would get the shaker full of kamikaze shots, and she would just take the top off and throw a straw in it. Yeah. At the Fish Whistle in Chestertown, Maryland. The Fish Whistle is a great fish- name for a well, bar. So we used to always call it the Dick Whistle. <clears throat> I don't know why, but I guess when you're 20, everything has to be vulgar and disgusting. Yeah, for and sure. Fish sticks. <laughs> must be a gay no, I mean the the thing that separates this drink from a gimlet is the is the triple mm-hmm. sec. You know, the gimlet is obviously the sugar, the lime. Oh, dude, come on! Oh, I'm sorry. I For think, a little bit. I think she wants. Be, well, be reasonable. You're here. right. You're right. You're right. You're good. I mean, I That's thought we were doing ten shots, not ten sips. Okay. <laughs> I was the worst person to bring on this. I am a you horrible person. You were. We do exactly. You're what an instigator. <laughs> right. I exactly am. Cheers to you, babe. Thanks for having me. Another one down the hatch. Huh? How was it? Was it all right? A little too much lime juice. But no, yeah, more, extra. more, more, extra. more lime juice. <laughs> I prefer a little more vodka. All right, so give, all us, right. give us those ultimate mistakes and fuck ups. Number four, uh, number four, question number four. Um, look, I've told this, uh, uh, this, um, oh God, I've told this story on the pod, okay. but I'm going to tell it again really quick. I was working at the Nautilus Diner one time a year. We would have all of the high school marching bands in the area come in. And it was a coveted shift to work because they would block, they would shut down the restaurant. Um, we would just serve these marching bands, ki- th- these kids. All the kids came with money from their parents because it was like a special day for mm-hmm. them. So they had tips to blow. And so they would order like pancakes and then you'd get like a $20 tip on an order of pancakes. No, it was what, amazing. What good kids. So, what good little babies. So we fought, <laughs> we fought for this shift all the time. And and I never got it for the first two years I worked there. And then finally, our buddy Dirty Tom, he kind of weaseled my way in. He, he Somebody dropped out from the shift. He went to the owner um, and he was, you know, basically was like, put Steve on. So you have to understand when this shift happens, all 250 seats get seated at the same time. They come on buses and they start oh, shooting gosh. into the restaurant in all their band gear. They sit at the tables and then you start frantically ordering. So you go from having no tables, having eight like that, but it's a diner. Mm-hmm. The food comes out quick. The kitchen's awesome. So we put in all the orders. Food starts coming out. I bring out my first tray. I'm going to set it down and my tray stand is sideways. So I'm not going wood to wood. I'm going... I'm going like <laughs> I'm going strap to strap and and the tray is too small and so it hits the straps the thing buckles like an alligator's mouth and all the food fucking shoots up into the air oh, slams wow. down on the ground so now I got pancakes all over the floor some are on the table there's broken plates everywhere and I'm frantically like cleaning up cleaning up cleaning up so I actually get it all cleaned up pretty pretty well throw it on the big tray run back to the kitchen tell them I'm sorry I'll rush your order out it's gonna be okay um, put, I go back to the kitchen. I fucked up. I need to repeat on those four pancake orders for this table. They go, fuck you, but we'll have them right out. Mm-hmm. Oh no, buddy. What I didn't realize is that when I was picking up all the plates, I cut the motherfucking piss out of my right hand. The entire inside of my hand looked like I just made a blood pack uh, or, or something like that. And I, I don't realize cause I've got it at my side, but I'm bleeding pretty profusely. So I get the new order. It's quick, you no. know, because I have pancakes on the grill. I no. bring it back out. I set the tray down properly. I start serving the pancakes. And the last, I, I for whatever reason, I was serving them with my left hand. I was holding the tray with my right, like underneath the tray with my right. So I still didn't see that I'm bleeding. And so I serve all, everybody at the table. And the last kid, I go to serve him and I set his plate down with my right no. hand and, that, and, and it is so obvious there is just a giant handprint of blood no. all over all over the side of the tray to the point that it's dripping now like yeah. off the side of his plate 
And oh, he looks at it, and I look at it, and the whole table looks at it, and I go, oh, fuck. And I go to reach for no. the plate. I go to reach for the plate to get it off the table immediately. And when I reach for the plate, I bump his water glass. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I knock the water glass over. I don't do well with blood. It spills all over the pancakes. So now this guy's got soggy, bloody pancakes, and I just look at it, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he goes, he goes, it really, it's fine. Just get me another plate. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, just get me another plate. And I pulled a side plate from right behind me, and he took the pa- soggy pancakes, and he pulled no. them on the side plates, and he ate those motherfuckers. What a guy. And I was like, please. I was like, let me get you new one. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine. He's like, you already fucked up twice. This, We're not bringing out more pancakes. This 16-year-old <laughs> kid. This 16-year-old kid ate soggy, bloody pancakes. Like, I mean, I, the pancakes did not... The blood didn't hit the paint. It is your fault that there is a 30-something-year-old virgin out there living in his mama's basement. <laughs> Dude, he was already on that path. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, marching band, fuck all of you. Marching band does not I was in. I was that in marching band. So much I, was in marching band. I wasn't in fucking marching band. <laughs> fuck those virgins. But Dude, that makes so to, much sense. Steve goes to give her eye marks. Like, I wasn't marching. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> what a guy. If, I don't know if you're listening to this, but thank you for your benevolence in that moment. All right. So I'll get to the other two fuck-ups. Um, the other two are, are uh, back of the house fuck-ups. Okay. Which I don't think we talk about a lot on this pod. No. We haven't had a ton of guests that have been kitchen staff. Yeah, and well. I will tell you, speaking of back of the house, just as we move into the next one, I'm going to need an oyster shucker, so... So go on here. Uh, I don't know if you can potentially run and grab that um, while I'm telling this story really quick, M. But if you go into the kitchen to the left of the oven, there's just a drawer with uh, what should be silver. And in the back, there's a white oyster. I saw that shirt. earlier. Yeah. Yes. Do you have you. the oysters in here? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, and I'll get, uh, I got to shut my own death, apparently. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. So, the I mean, the last two uh, that I really have for this category, again, they're back of the house. So. You know, I was a cook for a long time, and any cook out there knows, or any you know bar back or somebody that may have done this knows, one of the worst jobs is cleaning the fryers at the end of the night. And I pride myself on being one of the fastest fryer flippers in the world. The process is simple, okay? Every uh, deep fryer has a valve underneath it, kind of look at liking, uh, looking like a um, an oil valve for like changing the oil on your car. And you open it up, and you let the all the bad oil drain into a big pot. And then you close it up, you take, uh, you know, you take the, the bad oil out, you dump it in the grease trap outside, and then you take like soapy water and you scrub inside the, the um, fryer and you open up the valve again and you pour a bunch of water in there and you, you get the whole fryer nice and clean. Again, you have to have a pot under there so it can drain. Once you're done cleaning it and draining it, you just close the valve, you fill it back up with like basically lukewarm oil. And you leave the thing off until the next morning where they turn on the fryers and this nice, fresh, clean oil for a new day of cooking. All right. When you are half asleep from working back to back to back to back to back to back doubles, okay, what eventually happens is a day comes around where you open that valve and you do not have a pot under there because you're a fucking moron and you're not paying attention. And all of a sudden, through a hose that's like two inches thick, hot fucking grease starts shooting all over the floor (laughs) and it becomes a cartoon of you slipping in it you're trying to like trying to keep your bearings you're like ah fuck you're trying to get to the handle you burn yourself with the hot grease then then you have grease all over the floor that takes 20 minutes to clean up i can't tell you you know i've probably done this two or three times 
um, where I've opened the grease trap without a pot underneath oh, it, God. and it is one of the most two or three times. You think after the first time? Well, you, you know, you get you, you get, think get... after the second time, you would know there is <laughs> no like, excuse for yeah, a third. You'd be I'll, you'd... I'll tell you guys. Listen, when you are getting stoned while you're cooking, well, it's very it easy to make well, these kinds see, of mistakes. Drugs are bad. Who yeah. the there are, don't do yeah. drugs, kids. Yeah, sell that to the kitchen staff because you know kitchen staff likes their weed. Drugs are bad. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but the truth is uh, that is like one of the worst mistakes you can ever make in the kitchen. It is just brutal to clean up. It's brutal to come back for. I mean, look, spilling the grease, like if you're taking it out to the grease trap, if you spill it outside, that sucks. But at least you spilled it like outside the restaurant. Yeah, no you one know, fucking you cares. Spill, you spill it on the floor. You spill it on your shoes. You burn your arm. Like that's a totally different ballgame. So that's – I mean I, I've done that at least two or three times. Um, and then the, la- the last one I have for this category is I was uh, – when I got to college, I was cooking at this real swanky bar called The Wharf. Um, it was right down on the Monongahela River in Morgantown at the uh, Morgantown, not the Morgantown Hotel, a different hotel. I can't remember what it was called, but a really swanky hotel for like all the hot shots from West Virginia that would come in from out of town, all the boosters. And I'm cooking at this restaurant. I've probably been there a month or two. And the manager has already like promoted me. He's promoted me as sous chef. I'm, I'm like crushing it. I'm doing like Friday and Saturday nights. I'm like moving up. And um I remember that manager. He was awesome. A guy named Donnie, one of the best cooks I ever worked with, had this crazy Faro beard. He kind of looked like the uh, the like bass Jafar kind of thing. No, he looked like the bass player from Pantera. It was all awesome. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love. He's the nicest man. Oh, Dave Navarro. Is it Dave Navarro? I only met him at Hard Rock that one time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not no, Pantera no, no. though. That, right? No, that Five was a different guy. Punch. That was from Five Finger Death. Yeah, yeah. He came in another time when I was working at Hard Rock. He no was shit. The nicest fucking Dave. Guy. And every once in a while, he'll braid it and put the stuff around it like that. Looks yeah, like yeah. Him You're like, kidding me. I'm not fucking kidding you. He's the nicest man. It was fucking awesome. Amazing. But, um, no, yeah, awesome. no, uh, right. Like me listening to metal. Everyone's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I think it's so good. I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So basically, so, it's so, cute. so cute. Love that. Chef Dave Navarro and I are crushing high end dining at the wharf. And, um, we, we have a particularly busy Friday or Saturday night. And, um, I want to say we had something sent back if I'm not mistaken. It was, uh, it, it was something that was maybe undercooked a piece of steak that needed to get a, a little bit hotter. And so I, without thinking, grab, you know, just grab a skillet, throw the steak in there, get it right in the oven. I was like, okay, that'll heat the inside. It'll keep it nice and juicy. That'll be fine. I throw it in there and I I throw it in and I, I'm, I just immediately stop thinking. I'm like back to my tickets in front of me and doing what I'm doing. And then that server comes back and say, Hey, where's, you know, steak for table 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, without thinking, whip around, open the oven, reach in, grab the pan, get it all the way pulled out back to the line before my brain goes. That's really fucking hot, you <laughs> stupid piece of shit. And that's when I fucking throw the pan, the steak goes on the floor, and I look at my hand, and I've singed down to the bone no. oh my God. on one of my fingers. And the rest of my hand is starting to already bubble. Like, this oh, thing is fucking God. piping hot. That's piping not hot. what I fucking signed up for. I'm very squeamish. <laughs> and I, and I, I look, I look burned to the bone yeah. body parts. <laughs> I look down at my hand, I'm like, oh, I'm actually, like, really in trouble here. And I look at... Uh, I'm, like, quite injured. I look at <laughs> Chef Dave Navarre, and I was like, dude, this is not metal. But, like, this is so metal. <laughs> this is not metal. And I was like, I was like, Dave, uh, Dave, Donnie, Donnie Dave. And I was like, uh, man, uh... I need to run to the first aid kit like right fucking now. And he's like, do what you got to do. And so I run to the back. I gauze the one finger. I put my hand into a rubber glove and then I open the side of the rubber glove and I have 
like another server just starts squirting burn cream mm. into the rubber glove as hard as they can. I duct tape it around my wrist and I go back and I cook the rest of the shift oh with God. one hand. And I'm just like back there with just my left hand, like cutting shit, like holding shit with the bottom of my elbow, doing whatever I can. But that is one of the worst fuck ups I've ever made in the restaurant business to this so day. So the managers at DOS really love you, right? Like you're absolutely integral to the whole process. I like to think so. Days. So hopefully you never need another job because if any future manager listens to this, you're never fucking getting hired in the kitchen. Ever again. <laughs> fucking spilling grease, burning the <laughs> shit out of your pants, spilling grease three times. Your goddamn liabilities. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. Right. That's what you do. But oh my Lance, I like am sweating thinking yeah, about your hands. I was a bad like, man. All right, so, oh my God. so does that wrap okay. up the uh, ultimate that, mistakes and fuck ups? Wraps right. up ultimate mistakes, sure. So we're going to move on next to Question number five, health code violations. Yeah, and then we got to take a break after this because uh, I, I need to deal with some work-related issues very quickly, very quickly. So, uh, yeah, so health code violations. I looked up a bunch of drinks trying to find some nasty-sounding drinks, but all those drinks were truly disgusting. Like, one <laughs> literally had cottage cheese in it, and I'm like, nobody should ever. We're counting that sword, by the way. <laughs> nobody ever should make that. So what we're going to do, and I'm going to take this one with you, we're going to do some oyster shooters. All right, I love oyster shooters. I never get to eat oysters because I live in fucking Kansas. And you should need oysters if you're in Kansas, okay? You don't have to live there. <laughs> I know. For a little bit while. Would you mind handing me those? Uh, Steve is going to be so kind. He's going to chuck these for us. Um, what are you doing? Two of them? Yeah, you don't. No. I will take, I will eat an oyster, but I will not shoot one. We got, so do not we chuck got one some for blue, me. We got some blue points. And what we're going to do is just a little bit of vodka, a little bit of cocktail sauce. And the, uh, oh, yeah. And I don't think we have any lemons. I have lemon juice in the fridge. I got you. Well, While you're sitting there, mother shucker, I'll go get you some, uh, <laughs> <Mother shucker. laughs> some And I'm sure there's a ton of different ways you can do oyster shooters, but we're just going to go cocktail sauce, a little bit of lemon. Actually, with my oysters, I love a little bit of horseradish, which, you know, you know is an ingredient in the cocktail sauce. Side. No, that's not what we want. Not I haven't opened an oyster in a minute, huh? I guess. Do you want me to shake the vodka? Thank you. Or are you good to just, just drop the vodka in the glass, the oyster, and then the... No, just give me... Do you have cocktail sauce? Yeah. Sure do, my friend. That's all I need. I just need I'll a just little... just give you a little bit of vodka. We're not going to kill you on You can throw one. a little bit of lemon juice in mine. That'll be good. Do you want your pea crab or no? Because I'm going to eat my pea crab. Your little crab? Yeah, pea crab. I'm, no, what? I don't want to eat a crab. It's the little, tiny little crab. In you the... know what? In the pr for, for the amount of drinks I'm doing today, I'm not going to do my pea crab because sometimes they can come back what up. The, what is a pea crab? It's literally a little crab. They do come out alive a bunch of times. Yeah. If, uh, if anybody's from Baltimore, I don't know what I'm talking about. Little pea crab, it's about the size of a penny. Um, they live inside of certain oysters, mainly blue points or Delaware bays. Um, if you catch a pea crab and uh, it crawls right out of your oyster, it's fun to put them in water and, and let them be your little pet behind the That's bar. That's what I'm saying. You get, you not only get a time. snack, but you get a little friend. Now, yeah. for the people that well, are like... You just said you are going to eat our friend. <laughs> He's dead. Well, yeah, but for the people that are true oyster eaters, um, you know, they know that the pea crab is kind of like an accent, kind of like the mustard is um, for Maryland crab. Put it on the table. It's just going to be easier for me. Um, I didn't know you are supposed to eat them. I've seen them when I worked at you, can, you, you certainly can eat them. You don't have to eat them. A lot of people don't. Um, I find them to be an extra little pop of salt, um, you know, so, uh, there was a, there was a famous cheese from France that, um, the cheese actually ferments and as it does, or, uh, fungi, I don't know. Yeah, it's the, the larva inside, right? Yeah, we, I think we talked about that on the pod as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the pea crab's just a fun little accent to, to drink. Like well, for this one, I just figured, you know, uh, a little bit of, 
Raw raw seafood in your drink seems like a a health code violation to me. So that's why we went with this one. So let me get this straight. There's a rumbleman shot coming later than this. You don't. Number one, I don't understand why you peeked at anything. You weren't supposed to know. So you just need to chill out. All right, cheers. Cheers. I love that you think there's only one rumbleman shot coming (sighs) towards you. Now, just before we move on, when you actually are just eating oysters, do you swallow them or do you actually chew them? I like to swallow them. The only time I'm going to chew an oyster is if I'm in the mood for a cracker or if I do grilled oysters. Nobody cooks a better grilled oyster than me. I like to do them three different ways. I like to do them chimichurri right on the grill. So you shuck them open. Um, You have the oyster in the half shell. Don't cut it. Okay, it's very important. Do you drain it? No. Don't drain it. Don't cut it. You want to leave the juice in there because that's what keeps it nice and moist. But what you do is you shuck it. You leave it on the half shell. This is super important. Do not cut the oyster. The flavor from the shell and that real nice salty brine that's in the actual uh, minerals of the shell will cook into the oyster um, through the through the part that's attached on the mm. shell. So what you want to do is you shuck it, you put it on the on the grill. Um, I usually like to keep it somewhere between 300 and 400 degrees. You got to monitor it because it's a small piece of meat, and you want to hit it with one of three things: chimichurri, buffalo sauce, or pickled onions. You throw mm. those in there, cook it for five minutes. Um, you'll never have anything better in your life. That meat is so tender. Um, it's such a unique flavor. In that regard, you chew it because it's it. The consistency is like a nicely cooked piece of chicken. Now I'll tell you, My every time smoked ones, and I'm pretty sure that's the reason that I. Yeah. Hate every them. time I eat oysters, I chew them because they have. I a chew rich, them too. Yeah, okay. They have I, flavor. I feel like if you're just swallowing it. You're just, what's the point? You know it's what basically I mean? just like swallowing a giant. Yeah, yeah, so like I always chew so them too. Teach their own, but I always chew my oysters. Same. So okay, we don't so want to get bogged well, down. Sometimes I get here. squirrely, and I like to break up the crackers and pour them onto the oysters. I will chew That's them there, weird. like put yeah. the oysters. I mean, everybody has their own way. Exactly. But. Eat your oysters how you want, people. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. So, here. so, so health code violation. Yeah, and it's it's not it's actually nice that this is the category we were where we took a seafood shot here. Um, See, because you know. <laughs> because I have a seafood health violation. We talked about this a little bit on the show. I was working at Manny's uh, family restaurant i referenced that as my first job ever and again i was a 13 year old working in an environment of 21 plus year olds that were all had terrible drug addictions alcoholism a hundred other problems and were just complete degenerates so i am this i'm this this young kid from a very conservative christian family thrust in this insane insane environment and i am learning a lot (laughs) i am learning a lot and um one of the things I learned is that if a customer fucks with us, we fuck with them. And that was not a rule of the uh, restaurant. That was a rule of just a certain group of employees. So yeah. I do not want to say that that restaurant by any means um, uh, condoned this. They didn't know about some of this bad behavior. Um, we had one particular assistant manager. I'm not going to name him. I'm going to protect the innocent and the guilty, as we said. Um, but he once put his balls... <gasps> into a cup of cream of crab soup that had been sent back multiple times for not having enough sherry in it. And he said, fine. He goes, I'll put cherries in it. <laughs> he drops his balls into the cup of cream of crab soup. I saw that same guy do things like um, he fondled somebody's salad once. They sent the salad back because it had fried chicken, not grilled chicken on it. And well, that's so, just, that makes sense. That wasn't the order, right? No, but if, uh, no, fair enough. Yeah. But he reacted by taking his hands and literally like fondling their salad. This is why you um, never send food back, he, Emily. Literally never. I watched the movie Waiting once, one and time. then I became a server. Don't never. fuck with I, the people I, I, who handle fuck with your, your food. food. Don't <laughs> do it. I saw him one time, and I don't know if it actually really happened. I don't know how germs work, but he like faked. 
he kind of like faked, but really did where he's like, did a snot rocket into his hand and slapped a burger on the grill. I mean, he was a foul, he was a foul creature and he was a very vindictive soul. So those are some of the worst. He's married with two kids and goes to church every day. (laughs) Those are some of the worst uh, health code violations I've seen. But I, I, I mean, I think the one that's the most memorable for me and I'll never forget it. I was, I was working at a Irish pub down in Cannes called Colada. Um, a notorious, notorious bar in, in Baltimore. Um, the owner there is a difficult person to work for. Um, I'm not going to get too far into it, but he has, um, he has an issue that a lot of bar owners have. Um, he can't, you know, he can't quite keep his nose to the grindstone because it's, uh, involved in other activities at the time uh, <laughs> that makes I think sense we all, I think we all got that. and uh and and you know he was a he was a difficult motherfucker to work with and he was a cheap bastard he once um he once got mad at me because i had my cell phone plugged in and he berated me for stealing his electricity uh if you need to charge your phone you got to charge it your house steve oh my God. how dare you come in here and steal my electricity this is for the customers oh, for the customers wow. steve so this oh, is the kind of guy dirty. he is and um i bring this up because I got working every Friday and Saturday night, and that bar, if you've ever been there, is packed to the gills every every uh, primetime shift. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a three-story bar. It's got an outdoor section. It's got all these different sections. So we would name the different bars, right? So you had Front Bar, you had Busy Bar, you had Cork Bar, you had Galway. It was an Irish pub, so it had all these different like kind of Irish name things. And uh, the one bar on the second floor was called Busy Bar. The reason why is because... Uh, front bar would get them in the door, but the second they got upstairs, they never left. There's dance floor, uh, there's busy bar, and there's Galway up there. So easy. free electricity for the guests. Free electricity <laughs> for the guests. <laughs> Whatever you need. <laughs> uh, so they would never leave. Oh my and God, um, I bet they have free Wi-Fi on Tuesday night. Light clock, <laughs> light clockwork between about eleven fifteen and twelve thirty every Friday night. Wi-Fi Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a good one. Wi-Fi Wednesdays. Free Wi-Fi on Wednesdays. Only. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. Um. Between, you know, between uh, probably 11.15 and 12.15, 12.30, every, every night on Friday and Saturday nights, like clockwork, it would get so busy upstairs. And these are old, old Baltimore row home buildings that are not meant to uh, serve 200, 300 people at a time. Um, that and, and, and frankly, we didn't have a particularly great drainage system and we didn't have particularly um, great bar backs at the time. Uh, inevitably, busy bar would flood. Oh, okay, man. their sinks would flood, their floor floor would flood. They'd be oh, throwing oh, glasses oh. and cups all over the place. People be spilling drinks, and then the way we would always know that busy bar was flooding is if you worked front bar, which is directly below busy bar. All of a sudden, like something out of the fucking Exorcist, the the ceiling would just start raining down no. upon you. But it would only rain in the ten foot by five or the what, 20 foot by five foot section of uh, front bar. So none of the customers would get hit, okay? It would just be all of a sudden through the ceiling, water would start shooting down like it was raining. It got to the point where we actually had a bartender that would wear one of those funky, like, rain hats. Yeah, like the umbrella hats. The umbrella hats on Fridays and Saturday nights, and he would put it on at about 11 o'clock because he knew Busy Bar was going to (laughs) flop. I have been there for that experience. How is it? it and and it just never gets fixed. And, no. and how is it how is it still open? I don't understand. Well, it's a staple. It's a staple. It's kind of the charm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the charm of this crazy Irish pub. And 
fucking wild. The, the funniest thing is, and it was always it was always so surprising that customers didn't like weren't paying attention. Like they're so wrapped up in their drinks and having fun, they don't see that. Like literally, there's it's it was like a deluge of water. It just, just from the from ceiling. The it was so much water coming through the ceiling, and inevitably it would happen every single time. You'd be working front bar. The water would start coming through the, season, the, the ceiling, and you'd just start screaming at the top of your line, uh, your lungs. Busy bar's flooding! Busy bar's flooding! <laughs> you run upstairs. Busy bar's flooding! <laughs> and you just start to see the upstairs busy bar bartenders, like, bucketing shit out of, like, a Tell life raft, basically. Like, they're all fucking pirates. Yeah. Give me yeah. a break. So that was, this is absurd. That's okay, the one I was Before you move on from Plata, um, I have very, very quick story, because yeah. this always will make me laugh, talking about how awful the owner was. Me and a roommate of mine right after He's college. <laughs> well, she is actually. So if you're oh, listening to this, Caitlin, bless your heart. I hope you are so well. This is your friend. This was my roommate. Yeah. Okay. But we went to Clada every single Tuesday for a half price bottle of wine Tuesday nights. We would sit in the front bar. I hate we'd that. We'd have a little table and they had these little blue um, oil votive candles. That oh, that, oh candles. yeah. You want to talk about the candles? That's talk about the candles. Walks around to every table downstairs. We're the only table in the bar. It's like five thirty, and grabs all of the candles and puts them in her purse. Whoa! Doesn't tell me. We go to leave, and the owner comes and grabs my elbow, and yeah. I am a six foot tall, very large woman. If you're gonna fuck with me, and I am also very skittish, I'm probably gonna you're elbow a, you in the nose. First of all, you're not a very I'm large throwing, woman. I'm, no, tall. I'm six foot tall you're and tall on ass shoulders. I'm a big bitch. Don't fuck with you. I've that. seen very large women. And I live I, in the place. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. And I have absolutely no fight or flight in my entire system. So I immediately go into I need to get out of any bad situation. So this strange man comes and grabs my elbow. I immediately turn around and smack him in the face as Good hard as I can, and I'm like, "Who the fuck do you think you are?" And then I realize what I have done, and he looks at me. And he goes, "Your friend is a fucking thief. Yeah. You are banned from here." Yeah. And I'm standing there like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and she opens her purse, and just to be extra fucking, yeah. can I say cunty? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, extra fucking <laughs> no. cunty. How dare you? Watch your mouth. What are you doing here? She takes her purse. Looks the owner straight in the eyes and dumps, dumps it, and out. they shatter all over oh, the floor. So I'm yeah. so happy. And I'm like, we're terrible people because we do this for a living. We bartend no, for no, a living. No. And you fucking did that. No, like, I don't think you understand what you actually did. I'm so happy that this story has come up on the pod because I need to tell you something. Oh my god, he was the fucking worst. The only thing that man loves more than cocaine are those candles. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually not the blue ones. I'm actually yes. not kidding. If. I saw multiple people get fired from that restaurant because when he came in at 10.30 in the morning, the candles weren't lit on every table. Oh, wow. That was the number it one. It was like a huge Dude, he thing. was obsessed with these candles. He goes, what, I've separates never been us, back there since. what separates us from all the other shit-ass bars in this district that are college bars, high-volume bars, is that we have tablecloths. We have candles in a rainy ceiling (laughs) it was this weird double standard of we're so classy but you know but this and that that's why why we had half price bottle wine night and steak and and all this stuff he was obsessed with these candles oh my god you had to actually i'm not kidding that we had a uh, little cardboard cutout that was a measuring like a, a pseudo measuring stick so that you could place the candles at the exact center point of the table wow 
That's how obsessed this man was with these candles. Well, then I absolutely feel no guilt, you regret, should. or shame. I'm if happy that you did happened, it, frankly. because now I feel like I I'm a little bit of a legend. I, no, I, absolutely. I think I think country invites more country in your life. Absolutely. So you know, I think you got what was coming. Absolutely. Fuck his candles. Well, fuck you know, those candles. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Not to, not to hijack the situation. I gotta pee my ass off, and I think. Well, I we think are... we're good on health code violations. Yeah, yeah. Let's, we're gonna take a quick little break so Steve can do some drunken work, and then we'll be right back with you, folks. All right. Hey, here we go. All right, we're fucking back. All right, we're going to keep this train rolling because, of course, I've got a flight to make, and Steve doesn't want to get too fucked up before he can't speak. Uh, so we're going to move right into question number six. Ratchet and crazy customers or memorable customers, but, of course, our favorite are the ratchet and crazy. Sometimes when you, when you see these people out at the bar, you think that they have absolutely just lost their mind. Right. So what better shot? Can you guess it? The mind eraser. That's right, Steve. You got it. All right. So go ahead and let's uh, take the mind eraser down. Cheers. Say goodbye to Steve. Bye, buddy. Okay. And, yeah, let's hear it. I'm going to get right into it before I, I lose my mind. Um, <laughs> all right. So I, first off, I want to get out of the way some of the best customers I've ever had. I want to do my shout outs of my memorable people. Um, Rhett, if you're listening. You're an incredible human being. Um, I thank you for the kindness that you showed me over the years. I thank you for the smile that's on your face every time we run into each other, every time you walk into the bar. There is something about your happiness and just your energy, man, that makes my day better. And I appreciate that. Um, I miss Kelly. You know, I know we both are sad that uh, she's gone. I'm so happy to... To be a part of your life uh, during that time and get to see you two spend time together. She's an amazing lady. You're an amazing person, and I uh, wish you the best, my man. Um, Dave and Jean, my God, you are the standard for every married couple, every regular um, that I'll ever have. You guys went out of your way for us so many times. You let us be a part of your family and meet your kids and your grandkids and um, on slow nights, when we weren't making any money. You took care of us and you're always there to be patient no matter what was fucked up with your meal. Um, and, uh, we, we, you know, myself and all the team that took care of you, we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Um, the Bensleys, Mama Bensley, Taylor Bensley, which is now, uh, Taylor Comar and her wonderful husband, Evan, Trudy, the whole rest of the family, you guys are outstanding. I can't tell you how much I love you. Um, man, what a fucking time we had at your wedding, huh? Um, blacked out hard. Uh, danced my ass off. Still some of the best wedding pictures I've ever seen. And I'll tell you, the bartender you had at your wedding, who allowed me to fill all my flasks with shots of green tea before I left uh, the, the wedding party and when I got in the Uber with, with flasks full of green tea, Green tea or green tea shots? Green tea. He filled all three of our flasks full of green tea shots. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Uh, what a guy. And what a wedding. And just an amazing group of people that that couldn't be kinder. Um, so with those out of the way, let's get to our ratchet customers. Absolutely. Okay, I have two. And I've teased both these stories in the pod. I've told kind of parts of them, but I'm going to give the whole story. So um, number one, I was working at the Nautilus Diner uh, with this gal. And we'll just call her... Um, well, let's call her, um, Olga. I don't want to do that. Cause there's somebody that actually worked there named Olga. And Helga. Was, Sally. We're going to, no, we're just, we're going to call her, uh, Bad bitch. We're, 
Yeah, we'll call her Sally. Sally's fine. All That's right. Helga. I know this lady and Helga would have been better, but go on. There so is Sally. L- you literally named her after another lady at the Nautilus. Okay. Don't listen to Michael. All right, we're gonna call this lady <laughs> Sally. Sally unfortunately has a terrible drinking problem. And Sally was working at the diner uh, full time to really support that habit. She could walk over there. Uh, she had lost her license years ago for many DUIs. Um, was a notorious drinker on York Road. And when I left the Dallas Diner, um, you know, I always wondered, you know, what's going to happen to Sally? You know, where, you know, is she going to be able to make it? Because she was always up and down and missing shifts and, you know, but she would work anytime. And so she, they, they kept bringing her back in the Dallas. Anyway, four or five years goes by, find myself at the seafood joint. And all of a sudden, Week after week after week, Sally starts coming in on Sunday nights. She, she's a big Steelers fan, wants to watch the Steelers play. And uh, Sally would get hammered. I would serve her probably beyond what I should uh, because I knew she ain't got no license. She's walking from here, and she lives <laughs> right across the street. So um, this all culminated one day while uh, it's a you know, football Sunday. She's watching her Steelers. She's sitting at the bar. She classically drank Miller Lite bottles, only Miller Lite bottles, but she'd pound like 20 of them, you know, 15, 20 of them, like really be able to put them back. And uh, all of a sudden, I got my back turned behind the bar, and I start hear, hearing like horrible screams, like 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 a, like a woman screaming. And I whip around, and it's the lady sitting next to Sally. And she's screaming because Sally, fully conscious but drunk as shit, is peeing herself while sitting at the bar. Oh, God. Okay? Sally. Now, Sally is probably easily 280 to 300 pounds. Uh, when You're drinking 15 little lights a day. Well, and, and, you know, and when we're talking about a real big lady, she's got to be 6'1", 6'2". She's, she's got some honk to it, right? And, uh, you know, so she she's sitting there. Eyes open, watching the TV, throwing back a bottle of beer, and she doesn't understand she's peeing, but an avalanche of urine is not is because she's sitting down in the bar stool, shooting out the sides of the bar stool, going all over the place. And so the customers around her start kind of like flocking away. So now there's just like this one spot of the bar where she's sitting, she's peeing. And I go, Sally, Sally, and I'm like trying to get her attention, and she's like, What? Huh? She still doesn't know that she's actually urinating. So I run about around the bar and I'm like, kind of like shake her. And I'm like, Sally, you're fucking peeing all over the place. <laughs> and her reaction is to run. I'm going to get up and I'm going to run. If I could fly, I told you, mm-hmm. I have no fight. She I jumps no fight. out. Yep. She jumps out of the bar stool. She's about to kind of make her dash towards the door. She's not a very coordinated individual. And she slips on her own urine. She monkey flips feet overhead. And as she's flipping like this, the back of her head hits the corner of the granite bar and busts open oh, like a fucking watermelon. Ugh. This woman slams down into a pool of her own urine and just starts bleeding Ugh. into the puddle of her own piss. And this is when I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, we call the we call the police. We call an ambulance. The paramedics get there. And the issue is that the paramedics go right in to start reviving her. But the problem is they can't figure out how to get her out of the restaurant mm. because she's actually so large. She, they're having trouble getting her onto a stretcher to get her out of there. Mm. And it ends up taking a second set. So they revive, like they, she, she was knocked unconscious. She wasn't like dead. Uh, they revive her. She's fine. They, you know, patch the head wound. They have to wait for a second set of paramedics to help her roll her onto the gurney to get her out of the restaurant. And I'll tell you, um, not very good tips that night. People kind of cleared out once there was urine and blood all over the floor. 
that's why I go out to the bar, man. Yeah, so that, that was that was a rough run. That's a pretty notorious one um, as far as Ratchet customers. The other one, uh, you know, and I've, I've told – again, I've teased on this pod. Mike says I've told the story, um, but it, it's, I think, my most Ratchet customer story of all time. Um, we just call this story the guy – with the pinky. You haven't, you actually, you've teased it. You have not told this have story. Have I not you, told you it? You told me this story, and I'm so excited for you to tell it. Fantastic. It sounds like you're hands down the biggest tease anyone has ever told. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely on this pod, I have, <laughs> you know, um, except for Michael when he uh, doesn't want to contribute. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Wow, what is, um, he's so getting a little ballsy here. Uh, All right, no. we're, we're not taking it easy on the shots anymore. So, so let, let's <laughs> tell the pinky story. So, the seafood stop was known for steamed crabs. They've been in business for over 70 years because steamed crabs is a Baltimore staple. And people need to understand, the. I think before we tell the story, the process of, of eating a steamed crab. Mm-hmm. It comes out as a full fucking crab. And you take a knife and a hammer and you break the shell open and you very meticulously pick out these lump pieces of crab meat. And if you know what you're doing or you you just have the patience to to get through it, it is the greatest experience because for two reasons. One, that crab meat is so sweet. So delicious. It's so tender and plump and perfect. It's like nothing else that you can eat. You can't find it anywhere else. It's better than lobster. It's better yeah. than steak. It's better than anything. And for all these crab haters, and I'm talking to you, Bill Simmons, because I respect you <laughs> as the pod father, but this is bullshit that you talk shit on Maryland crab. I'm sick of it. Come down here to my neighborhood. I will make you my crab cakes. I'll make you crab imperial. We'll pick crabs together. We'll do it right, and you'll see how it's actually done. I'm yeah, sick fucking, of this slam. Dave, no, no, no. Come on, man. Pick a crab. Don't give him imperial. We're, we're big fans. Pick a fucking we're, crab. We're big fans of the Podfather here. We're big fans of the Ringer and everything that they're doing over there uh, uh, with their pod network. Huge rewatch. Honestly, God, this show is born out of the rewatchables. But, but you're wrong. That lobster is better than crab. That oily, na- nasty shit. I love lobster. But yeah, crab is better than lobster. It's too chewy and it's not cooked right. Nine times. I have to eat a dipped butter. I'm not. I'm going on a diet. <laughs> I'm going on a diatribe here. But let me get back to this. So picking crabs is a very meticulous uh, um, experience. The meat is incredible. It's like nothing you're ever going to uh, taste. It's this unbelievably sweet meat, and and not like sweet, like sugary, just like sweet and mm. savory sort of way. Um, the second thing that I love about picking crabs. You have to put your cell phone down. You have to stop being distracted by the world because your hands are dirty and your face is dirty and your shirt is dirty and you're sitting there at a table and guess what? For the next hour, all you can do is have a fucking interaction with the people that are sitting at the table with you. There is nothing that brings camaraderie together like a uh, a table with a giant piece of uh, cardboard paper on it, a bunch butcher of cra- paper, butcher, butcher paper, paper, a bunch of crabs, yeah, a bunch of crabs dumped out, and twenty friends sitting around with natty bow beers, mm-hmm. just eating crabs and talking. You can't touch your phone, you can't do anything else, and it's beautiful. So, the, the point is, <laughs> the point is, I worked at this place that served a ton of crabs, and when you do crabs, your hands are heavily involved. It's impossible to sit at a table with other people and not see their hands. Like if somebody's just been engaged and they got a new wedding ring, you're going to see it if they're sitting there picking crabs. If somebody is missing a finger, you're going to see. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting into it. <laughs> you're going to see if they're this when they're picking crabs. So this brings me to the night in question. I'm serving tables. It's like a Tuesday, Wednesday night. It's not a special night or anything. I'm getting toward the end of my shift. Um, I'm the last bartender on, last server on, I'm serving in the bar area, and a couple comes in. And uh, I've served them a couple times before. Um, I'm going to describe what they look like for the purposes of this pod. The girl was Nicki Minaj's spitting image. I mean, the booty, 
So the dime. face, the whole get up. I mean, she had the, the diamonds, the ice. I mean, she was fly, right? Like, mm. girl was strapped up, okay? She was with the exact type of guy you think Nicki Minaj would go out with. He's got the ice around his neck. He's got uh, he's got grills in his mouth. He's got rings all over his fingers. He's wearing, um, I'm trying to think of like the real, what's the, um, uh, the horseshoe. No, what's the horseshoe? What's the horseshoe? Lucky. Lucky. He's wearing Lucky branded everything, right? He's got these crazy sneakers on, right? And so they sit down at the table. He's describing you, you know. I, I, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) they sit down at the table, um, and you know, I'm just thinking, how can I get the, you know, let's get their order. Let's get them in and out. So right off the bat, they go, we want 18 steamed crabs. I'm like, okay, whatever. Put in the order, ask them to expedite it. Hey, like my last order, let's get it out. And they proceed to order drinks. I make her like a really nice cocktail. He goes, I'd like strawberry lemonade. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll make, we had strawberry puree at the time. So I start bringing them strawberry lemonades, but it's one after another. I'm talking during this meal, probably eight or nine strawberry lemonades. And frankly, if you're going to order 18 crabs, your lady, and you are going to have a nice date night, you're going to have a drink. I don't care, man. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be accommodating yeah. because I feel like this is a special night. You guys are spending time yeah. together. I'm going to make sure everything's perfect. You're there for that experience. Right. So everything goes off without a hitch, right? Their appetizers come out great. They listen to my recommendation on the Crab Imperial. They love that. They get the Greek salad there, which is just incredible. We make our own, we, we used to make our own dressing there. Mm-hmm. They're having a great time. The crabs come out. A couple of them are, are bad. They're light. It's, well, that happens. But that happens. you can't know how a crab's going to be until you open it. So, of course, I replace them for free. No charge. No, no charge. I That's actually fucking service most right people I, do I actually had asked the cook to cook extra because I knew, hey, if there's an issue, I want – it's my last table of night. I want it to be fine. I don't want you to do extra work on the back end. So. Cool. Everything goes, off, ahead, everything goes off without a hitch. He's not five shots in on this shit. Right. Okay? <laughs> everything goes off without a hitch. And um, at this point, the rest of my staff has now congregated the bar, right? Like I'm waiting on them. Mm-hmm. We have this table and we have a table in the restaurant. But like the night's over, I have probably 10 to 15 staff at the bar drinking, hanging out. I have this table and then that's it. So and, and a handful of regulars that are scattered, scattered about that we kind of let stay in there. And um, it gets to the end of the night, you know, I've served all these strawberry lemonades, all, all these crabs, everything's gone great. And they ask for their check. I bring the check. It's $101. And uh, I see the guy pull out a giant wad of cash. He's counting it out, puts it on the table. They get up and go leave. So I go over, you know, I know about cash. You got to make sure it's, ca- you know, you got to get over there and count it because they can make a mistake. Mm-hmm. They can deliberately do something wrong. So I count it out. It's all ones oh my god <laughs> every bill in the stack is a one dollar bill so it takes me a long time to count out to a hundred and you want to count it twice just to make sure obviously. it's a hundred and one dollar check do you know how easy it is to miscount one dollar in a hundred and be like oh maybe he did leave a hundred and one and he's just an asshole of a tipper so i count it out i count it out again and i go oh my god this guy has shorted me oh, on a $101 check. He left $99 on 101 No. 99 no. on 101 So not only is he not tipped, he's drank fucking 19 strawberry lemonades. He has been, you know, they've been fairly high maintenance, but, you know, whatever. Okay, that's neither here nor there. That's not the issue. Um, Bro, but I now he's, high maintenance. That's bitchy. But now he's stiffed me on the check. Yeah. No, okay. he didn't even stiff you. He shorted you. He shorted yeah, me on the check. Thank you. He shorted yeah. me on the check. 
And so now you have a reason to yeah. approach this. <laughs> so I go, I go running out of the parking lot and this guy is probably 20 feet from his car with him and his girl. And they're walking up to the car. And I was like, Hey motherfucker. And he go, and he turns around and was like, what? He's like, you talking to me? And I was like, yeah. I was like, you shorted me. He's like, no, I didn't. All the money's on the table. I was like, I got $99 here. You want to come and fucking count it? I was like, it's a $101 check. He's like, you must have lost the other two. Oh, so he admits the fact that he did not fucking tip you. <laughs> and that's when everything changes. <laughs> we don't call that a brownout. We do call that a blackout. That's, that's red and just that's red when out. changes. <laughs> and that's when, I start, that's when I started running toward him going, does your girlfriend know that you're broke? <gasps> you come in here acting all big, trying to run up the check. Does your girlfriend know you're broke? And I started asking her, I just, do you know he's broke? Because he can't even pay the check, let alone tip me. And, and, and he goes, motherfucker. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I just turn around and start walking back in the building. He hoots and hollers for a minute, doesn't come back in. I walk back into the restaurant. And this is the part of the story that I've been burying up until now. Oh, Christ. Okay. I walk back I in. I need to take a deep breath. All my, uh, all my bar staff and some of the regulars turn and they're like, Steve, what's what's the issue? Like, like what, fucking, what just fucking happened? And that's when I start screaming, the motherfucker doesn't have any pinkies. He doesn't have any pinkies on his hands. And people are like, what? What are you talking about? We had to run back the tapes. What I didn't tell you in this story is that when somebody picks crabs, it's hard not to look at their hands, especially when they're your server. This motherfucker iced out. Lucky Brand, grills in his mouth. Rings grab, on his fingers. Rings on his fingers. Didn't have a pinky on either one of his hands. They were both gone. He had four fingers and no pinkies. And at first, Ew. at first, <laughs> at first, when I started serving them and I was bringing over the strawberry lemonades, I'm thinking to myself, okay, did was this a birth defect? Was he born yeah. like this? And then I thought, well, that's odd to have like a perfectly exercised pinky on each hand. Yeah. Because it was like cut down to the, it was like perfectly cut to a nub. All the way to the hand. Right. So, so then there's I, not even one little knuckle. Left. There's a nub. There's a nub. There's just a nub. the last knuckle. There's a nub okay. on each hand. So then I say to myself, I'm like, well, I wonder if he I knew an accident as a kid. But then I'm thinking, like, what? What, kid, kind of what did he put his Did fingers in a car in door? The <laughs> <were> like this? <laughs> and they both got caught at the same time. And then I realized what it was, okay? He's putting down $1 bills to, to pay a check. He's eating crabs with grills in his mouth. He's dating Nicki Minaj. I go, this is a drug debt. That's well, what, what this is. Doing, no, I know what you're talking about. That's what this is. And so I realized <laughs> this as the meal is actually happening. I'm like, oh my God, this motherfucker had his pinkies taken from him <laughs> because he didn't pay up for some shit in the past. And so I, I, immediately at that point, as I'm serving the table, I'm already a little bit on edge. Like, is this motherfucker going to stiff me? Is this motherfucker going to fuck me over? On he the should show? have already learned. Like you're coming for his ring finger. <laughs> well, that's what, come on. And, and so, and so when, when the situation escalates and I realize that he shorts me and I go out there, the one thing I do regret asking is they took your pinkies and I'm here for your fucking thumbs. Motherfucker. <laughs> you get back here and you pay me my $2. Wow. That's incredible. So that's, that's the pinky story. It was, uh, 
it was quite a night, man. I come back in screaming. He doesn't have any pinkies, and the bar lost its mind. Um, <laughs> Thinking it was like a fucking slang word for dollars or change or something like yeah, that. Right. Well, fucking well, well, man talking about it. Let, it's all right in the face and, and pissed off. And we've all worked in the bar business. You think I could keep that secret? No! That Everybody all, already knew that he didn't have any pinkies by the time that that uh, that he walked out of there. I told that. I told everybody else. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. Did you see the guy at table one with his girlfriend? He ain't got no pinkies. Like, <laughs> Do you know how weird it is to watch somebody pick crap? With no pinkies, he's got these nubs twirling around back there. My the nubs keeps getting dipped in butter, and he's just sucking it <laughs> off. It's ridiculous. That's great. I remember you telling me that story. I'm so glad you finally got to tell it on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, we teased that a lot. So. Oh, that's a perfect. Segue. Now you were you were freaking out. Okay, yes, I was absolutely sitting here freaking out. Keep like, rolling, like, hitting Mike, like being an absolute fucking asshole. My brother um, has been in and out of the system. We'll call it. And I guess that, like, it makes so much sense why someone will be, like, in the system. Oh, he's losing his fucking pinkies tonight. It's a drug thing. Okay. So, like, if you don't pay up on something or, like, deliver on something, they'll fucking take your fingers. Wow. Like, your fingers. Like, your whole ass finger. Your pinkies. Because you don't really need them. But, like, think how fucking stupid you look. Oh, yeah. Without a pinky. Yeah. Like, a little knuckle nubbin. A little nubbin. <laughs> a little nubbin, but nothing else. Yeah, that's My incredible. Answer. So I'm oh glad we got God. it verified. It absolutely was a drug. Yes, that's, that makes so much sense. That's why I was sitting here fucking hitting you. I'm no, so sorry. It's great. I am I, no, I'm no, you're good. No. very overly animated and I hit when I'm really excited, which is such a good thing. Yeah, Mike does. He touches people's thighs. So. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go. Come on, next shot because we got to get you to the airport. All right. Believe it or not, he wants dirty, to dirty Tom's in the building. Is he here right now? Yeah, swagger on 100 million trillion. Hey, Dirty Tom, thank you. I'm sorry. Did you bring my cigarettes? You... God damn it. All right. Hi, well, I'm not going to call you Dirty Tom. I'm Emily. Nice to meet you, Tom. <laughs> okay. We're going we're gonna to keep moving it on. Holy shit. What's we're, our next we're one? Beyond oh, butter. you're making this one. You're All right. This one. So, fights, arrests, and fires. Question number seven. Yeah. Now, Steve, throughout this entire fucking podcast, has continued to say how much he loves fires. He yeah. loves a good fire. It really shows Please you mess. what kind of people you know they are whenever a fire happens. So, what better shot to do? Than a flaming Dr. Pepper shot. We're going to make Steve put his mouth where his mouth is. All right? <laughs> I've, been thinking, I've been thinking about that one for a few weeks. Wow. So well, He's been thinking about it for a few job. weeks, and he couldn't come up with better material. The fuck off, answer, Steve. So. All right, so we're going to do a, a we're gonna do some beer to glass here, and then we're going to light this on fire. Beautiful. Probably shouldn't have done it in a it, plastic it's actually, shot glass. It's actually not going to light on fire, because you don't have high enough proof. Of 40 proof that. should light. I no, it won't. Neither I of those won't. They won't light. Those won't light. You have to have 151 rum to light it. It's I not... looked it up on... Oh, remember Tech 9 Caribou Lou? Yeah, I was actually surprised that wasn't one of your uh, oh, your songs. It ain't lighting, dude. It ain't lighting. It doesn't light. I looked it up on Google, You're though. wrong. Okay, for the li- it's absolutely lit. The fire it's is fine. enormous. It tastes the same. It's huge. It tastes the same. Yeah, there's a oh, my God. Up. You're going to burn the house down. Oh, Hurry my up. God. What happened with the fucking plastic <laughs> I looked it up on Google. It said it. Okay, so I couldn't find any 151 shooters. For those of you not inv- uh, uh, familiar with the Flaming Dr. Pepper shot, um, it, it's actually been outlawed in a lot of states because it lit a lot of bars on fire. Makes um, sense. The way it used to be made was with 151 rum, amaretto, and a light beer. And that 151 rum, because it's 151 proof, i.e. 75.5% alcohol, it will light. But you have to have alcohol that's 70% or higher to light it on fire. Google lied to me, okay? Yeah. So anyway – um, uh, it, it, when it's, it, when it's in liquid form like that in a shot glass, I mean, you can, cooking wines, diff, uh, cooking wine or, um, uh, uh, vodka 
can light in, at maybe a, a lower proof. But that's not going to light like that. So I knew that wasn't going to work. It was still delicious. One of my favorite drinks of all time. It oh. really does taste like Dr. I'm, Pepper. I'm sad. All right. Time, we'll redo it one night. In the interest of time, I'm going to I'm gonna cut you guys off and just kind of keep it going. Yeah, let's you, go. You, okay. So, I'm going to miss my plane. <laughs> the most interesting... No, no, no. We're going to get you out of here. The most interesting fight that I was ever involved in, um, I'm behind the bar uh, one night, and we had the former bar manager of my bar come in. Okay, he was a regular, even though he didn't, he hadn't worked there in like probably five, ten years. Notorious, notorious character. He's he's uh, managed a bunch of bars around town. Um, I'm not going to name all of them because you probably figure out who he is. He's not a big guy, you know. He's maybe five seven, and he comes in and look. He likes to run his mouth. He likes to push people's buttons, but he's got a lot of big friends that look out for him. So he happens to be in there one night with a lot of old high school buddies that are big, big motherfuckers, and. Um, uh, there's a new random guy. We'd never seen him in there before. I'm bartending with a guy named Mike Centeni, who's like the godfather uh, of this particular area. And all of a sudden, we realized the old GM is getting into a shitstorm, like a talking party, with this random guy that's sitting at the end of the bar. And this other guy, this random guy is fucking enormous. He looked like Gandhi, if Gandhi was like a prize fighter boxer. I like, can't picture that. He was Gandhi's face. It was like Gandhi's face, but on like a giant human being's body. It was, it was, it was the craziest thing. And so the two of them are bickering back and forth, bickering back and forth. And then all of a sudden, the big Gandhi <laughs> takes his fucking elbow and puts his elbow through this motherfucker's face, that our old GM. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this guy's face exploded and he flew back, hit a table, knocked the table over. Like that's how hard um, this guy got hit. Um, and so in the, the old GM's friends, they jump into action. They kind of corral the guy. They get him out of the bar. But the reason I tell this story is because of the bartender I was working with at the time, Mike Centeni. This guy was an older gentleman. Um, when I started working with him, I think he was like early 70s. And he was an institution in the bar business here in Baltimore. Um, his like, you know, his like uh, instincts kicked in at that moment. And the second the old GM got hit in the face, Mike went to do like his uh, his you know what most old school bartenders do, which is jump over the bar and get involved. But Mike's seventy, so he goes to jump over the bar and he gets his leg up to like the the, the granite part of the bar, and I just hear him go, oh, oh. So. This fight breaks out. There's one hit, which is uh, the old GM getting hit in the face. The second hit is him hitting the, the the table and the floor. And then then after that, you just heard the bartender moaning about, oh, my hip. Oh, oh. Couldn't, couldn't get over the bar. And that one, that's always like the fight that never was because it could have turned into a great little bartender customer brawl. But like, I'm, wait, is, is, is he okay? Like, do we need to check on him? So, dude, I mean. I think he, I think he bartends right from a stool these days. But he's, I mean, he's still I'm the like guy. A European cashier. Still the guy. Probably. So, so the only other story I really want to tell for this category is one of our former guests. Uh, we'll just call him Justin. You know, was on the show. He and I worked together at a ton of different bars, and um, he's known for uh, uh, getting a little rowdy from time to time, um, especially if you're not paying attention to what he's doing. Uh, you can look away for an hour, and then you look back, and you're like, oh. Oh, oh, he's a monster. He's had 10 shots and he's a monster. Um, and he has a lot of fight in him uh, when he gets that drunk. So one night, he and I closed the bar together and we're done. Everything's closed, locked all the doors. We've done the money. The lights are off. And I come out from the office to the bar and he's standing behind the bar, pulling bottles off the bar and just drinking them. 
like all different types of liquor, just drinking them right out of the spout, pouring them into his mouth. And I go, we have to go right now. <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm not leaving. He's like, I'm hanging out. He goes, he's like, and then he goes, he's like, what? You want to fucking go? You want to fucking go? You want to fight me? So he starts like pushing me. And, and he's Johnny a, this here. guy, yes, this guy's about to fight me. This is my fellow bartender. There's nobody else in there. It's three o'clock in the morning. We've just had a tough shift. He is about to fight me behind the bar. He's like, pussy, pussy, come on, let's do it, let's do it. And I'm like, what, what is happening right now? It got to the point where I was like, I, I was like, I'm not going to fight this guy, okay, number one. Uh, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to leave, and you'll be in trouble. But I know that if I leave and, and he fucks shit up, that I'll also get fired, right? So I have to actually get to the point where we play a game of chicken. I'm, I'm calling the cops, and he goes, dude, fucking call the cops, man. I don't believe you're going to. Call the cops, put them on speaker. I said, hey, uh, I'm a bartender at uh, this joint, oh, and my fellow bartender's lost his fucking mind. Would you mind coming up here? Because he's he's fucking like assault, like he's about to assault me, and he won't leave the restaurant. And and the police dispatch is taking this call, and he goes, all right, all right, fine. And he takes off out of he the runs, restaurant. Another, another runner. He takes <laughs> off out of the restaurant, and then I have to basically tell the dispatcher, okay, he just left. We're good. Thank you. But it was that threat alone that, that kind of thwarted wow. that fight. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Incredible. JK, LOL, don't need you anymore. Yeah. All right. So well, you're ready? It's crazy because we're still friends to this day. He came on the pod. I'm just, I'm we bartended together I'm, after that. I'm just crazy and smacking the face of the grenadine bottle. Yeah. Me either. All right. You ready to move on to question number Let's eight? Let's do it. Sex stories. All right. The sexy Lexi, as Steve likes to call yeah. it. Yeah. So there are a ton of uh, sex, you know, sexually themed shots, you know. The panty dropper, the, um, you know, uh, a- a- ankles above the head or something like that. The lick my pussy shot, the cum shot. All right. I was just looking at all these. I'm like, how can I just do a shot that I can also have Steve make an ass out of himself at the same time? You have so, to do this the appropriate way. So too. we're going to do the, the blowjob shot. Hands behind the back. This is. I get this on the Snapchat. This is, this is. Okay, I will. If you're not on the Snapchat, you're missing out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. <laughs> All right, so this is um, Kahlua, and it's some Baileys with some whipped cream. So and Steve's about to take it right to the face. All right, go ahead and do like it, Like a man. Blow it like a man. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> oh, girl! That's not her first time. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> what a guy. I don't think I have ever loved you more than I do in this exact moment on this couch I right here right now. I hate your fucking thoughts, you know that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What, what other, what, what you more did appropriate this. shot? You made this decision. Yeah, you absolutely. shook hands. Okay, number eight, sex, sex stories. stories. Let's get right into it. So, um, have I caught people fucking behind a dumpster and in a dumpster? Yes. Um, I, I can't believe I have to admit that. When I used to work in downtown Baltimore in the Fells Point District, uh, one of the best places to hide to either smoke weed or do nefarious activities was behind one of the dumpsters was in the, it was in this long caddy quarter like hallway um in part of like an old row home down in fells and um i came upon multiple people fucking behind that dumpster but going back to my original first ever job where i told you i was 13 working at the pizza joint um what really blew me away was a a game that they used to play again i was the 13 year old amongst a bunch of 20 one plus year olds, crazy degenerates. I mean, these people were horrible people. I liked them as, you know, <laughs> as personalities, but they were horrible people. And so, so after about a six months of working there, I'm washing dishes one day and I hear that they are going to have an honor code 
sex competition of the craziest place you can have sex. Okay. okay? But it's all honor code. And these guys were all like real close friends. And so it was like, you know, um, it all started when one guy brought his girlfriend into the restaurant and fucked her in the walk-in. She didn't work there. Like, fucked her in the walk-in, like, during the shift and, like, set her on her way. And everybody, like, cheered him on. They were like, Every okay. wants to be fucked in a walk-in. Come on. <laughs> I like, listen, if I had tits, I'd like them that chilly, you know? Um, all right. Let's do but, uh, <laughs> but, but they ended up having this competition of where was the most obscure place you could fuck him. It was all honor code. And the guy that ended up winning convinced a girl that he was with to get into an empty dumpster oh. and have sex in the dumpster for this bet. And then, and, and, and I want to say the prize for the bet was like a hundred dollars. Like it was not enough money to fuck in an empty hundred dollar dumpster fuck. And, yeah. and I, I know a lot of people are out there that thinking like hundred dollar <laughs> dumpster fuck. Yeah. We'll figure out what's in it. I know a lot of people are out there thinking, well, how do you find an empty dumpster? If you work at a restaurant, you eventually like you every every Monday, Tuesday up. morning, your dumpster's pretty much fucking empty because all the trash from the weekend is gone. And so this guy strategically. So I've told you about the manager who put his balls in the soup. Same guy. Yeah. Same oh. guy. That guy fucked his girlfriend in a dumpster. Um, that guy also, him and his girlfriend, um, uh, were trying to have sex in, in a bathroom one time during a primetime shift, and they were both so messed up on heroin that they fell asleep inside of each other in a bathroom. And the door Wait, inside locked. of each other? Well, he was inside <laughs> okay. of her. Okay. Like, Wait a minute with their they, <laughs> they fell asleep messed up on heroin, and the door was locked like the entire dinner rush to oh the men's bathroom. God. And no, we, they didn't. we eventually had to open it and we find them, him sitting on the toilet, her on top of him straddling. They're both fell up and falling asleep on top of the toilet. ultimate insult for a man I mean, or a woman for someone to fall asleep <laughs> while you're in the middle of the I don't game. think it was an insult to either of them. I think <laughs> they probably shot up together and they were like, all right, here we go. You know? and they there are days where I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I'm an absolute dirtbag yeah. of a human being. Like, I cannot believe some of the shit that I have done. And yeah, then it's I a crazy business. Stories it's about crazy business. other people that have seen other shit. And I'm like, I am a really good fucking person. <laughs> yeah. and days like this where I realize I did well, okay. So I do, I, and maybe you'll even be more, uh, you'll blush even harder at this second story. Oh, lay it so, on me. Um, this is actually, easy. this is my favorite sex story of all time. And it actually doesn't involve any explicit sexual content as far as like people getting it on. So um, I was working down at the beach with Dirty Tom and our buddy Nick. And uh, we were working at this you know, this just little like tap house bar, uh, bar place that served a ton of beers. And honestly, God, it wasn't a very well-run operation. We've told you guys about some of this. Actually, this place has had some sex stories with our old manager from there named yeah, Chuck. In the, uh, in the, the lift. Who used to fuck people in the elevator to the hotel. Mm -hmm. He had the key to the elevator and he would lock it and he would take girls in there during the rushes and like fuck them and then come out and then go right back to bartending. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so smart. So one day, one day, <laughs> he had a key. He could lock the elevator. One day, I'm working at this bar and I'm doing some prep cooking, and um, you know, I'm just trying to help out. I'm a server. I'm a bartender there, but I'm just trying to like help out and do some prep cooking. And as I'm on the back line, we have a dishwasher that works there whose name is Santa. Okay. S A S A N T A. Okay. No. She was a small, four foot nothing. El was Sal she? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Four foot nothing El Salvadorian woman, okay? The sweetest lady in the world. Didn't speak a lick of English. Well, bro very loose, broken English, okay? And she, um, you know, she's like, 
like kind of washing dishes next to me, but like kind of like looking at what I'm doing. And I am prepping rosemary garlic thyme chicken. So it's like a simple recipe. It's salt, pepper, garlic, minced garlic, lime, or uh, sorry, minced garlic, rosemary and thyme. Okay. And I'm prepping this dish and I get to the point and I got like a big tub in front of me of chicken and salt and pepper. And I get to the point where I am picking the rosemary off the little rosemary branch to put mm. in this giant vat of, of chicken. And all of a sudden Santa like taps me on the shoulder and she's like, she's like, Oh, rosemary. What? What? And I was like, what? She kept making this hand motion where she was like sucking her fingers in and she was going, what? What? Like, like almost like air was being sucked out of a balloon. And I was so confused. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And, and other people from the restaurant are now like kind of like crowding around, like our head chef Ben is like, comes over and he's like talk, talking to us and she goes, oh, Rosemary. And we're like, Santa, what are you talking about? She, she proceeds to explain to us, okay, that in her country, before women get married, when, when, a, when a bride is set to, betroth, to be betrothed or is betrothed, that the week before she gets married, as a, I don't know, as a way to honor her new husband, she will stuff rosemary into her vagina. Mm. And what what that rosemary will do is the oil. Whose vagina is making that noise. Apparently, the oil the oil on the rosemary does something chemically to like the pH balance in the vagina or just like whatever, where it will literally constrict and tighten the vagina, mm. almost like a like like a hemorrhoid cream tightens an asshole, right? There you go. Bartender ran podcast hacks for you ladies out yeah. there. Oh, right? that's that's the sex she episode. Proceeds, can't wait. Yeah, so she proceeds to explain bartenders. to us. Yeah, she proceeds to explain to us that this is what women do to be super tight for their wedding night. To, oh. to, and and what what I will never forget. And I'm not stuffing rosemary at my back. <laughs> what I will never forget to this day is the hand motion and the sound effect where she would go, what? This four foot nothing little dishwasher named Santa, who's looking me dead in the eyes with a smile on her face, giggle laughing, going, what, 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 with her, with her fingers coming together. And you know, it looks like it's almost like an Italian, like, hey, yeah. forget about it. Like, that's, yeah. that's what she was doing with Do her hands. Care. I, I will never a, forget that to the, this day that I, I can't live. think of a better Christmas present on Christmas morning. Rosemary in no, the snatch? Never mind. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> the we need to keep going. For this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'm counting that one, too. All right. So, is there question. A snort counter? Yes, there is. We'll get into it later. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to miss I my flight. All right, question number nine. Bar hazing pranks and games. For this one, get out of here. we got to make your drink really quick. Okay. Um, You want me to leave? Yeah. Yeah, because we're going to make it. Some, we're, some, we're pranking you, mother. Oh, so. God damn it. Well, you mean, hurry up, because you got to get the airport. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for letting me know, The shaker Steve. froze to the carpet. <laughs> oh, God. There's scary stuff in there. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. This has been a fun day. Yeah. I can always guarantee you that I am going to be a little fucked up before 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I see either one of you. Do we need this? You know, yeah. You know my only regret is? That you had a flight schedule today? No, we just, we've taken it too easy on Steve. You know what? I honestly think that we are, and I we, feel... We were trying, you know, he's not fucked up enough, so I think we need to I take mean, it I feel like the last one is really going to send him to his grave. Pause for shaping effect. <laughs> um, I, just, I but, think it's had it too easy. Oh, man, this smells... 
Smells good. It smells delicious. Mm. Mm. Yeah, little does Pairing and mayonnaise. Little does Yum. he know. Um, this is All right, Steve, you can come on back in. Yeah, come on in, motherfucker. So I couldn't find a good crank shot, so I had to make my own. Here. So we wanted something, you know, you know, most pranks you're, you're not aware of. You didn't, are you fucking kidding me? All right, tell them about it. <laughs> it, was a, it was a peppermint patty shot. That's, That's delicious. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Pranks on you, bitches. All right, he, number nine. He had a whole speech no, and fine. an intro. It's no, fine. I don't care about your intro. I don't care about your speech. <laughs> that was all there. You get saucy. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, I, I got to get Mike to the airport. I don't want him to miss his flight because unfortunately, drunkenly, last night I promised to pay for it and that's not happening. Um, oh, I didn't. I don't remember that. that okay. Uh, it never happened. We're, uh, we're fine. Take your time. All right. Hazing, pranks, and games. We, this is obviously Mike and I's favorite category. We've talked about a ton of these on the pod, but I'm going to try to talk about some that we haven't, haven't shared yet. So okay. the wrong song prank. Um, this is one that is one of my favorites. Uh, it got introduced to me in my first ever restaurant job. You'd be doing your particular work at the time and somebody would walk up to you and there'd be a song playing over the radio and the song would be something like, uh, like the Beatles, I want to hold your hand. Right. And, and that person would walk up and be like, dude, fucking love Metallica. Like my favorite <laughs> band. Right. And, and they would be very obvious. They would like come up with like a, the wrong name for the song or like the wrong band. Um, and they would just like hammer this home, like, dude, they're so good. Like, don't you like them? If you want, I can burn you some more Metallica. It's like, it's like my favorite, my favorite shit. And uh, I know it seems so mundane, but what when it be- would become fun is when there would be somebody in the restaurant that was sensitive and they like really loved the band, like they loved like Blink One Eighty Two, and you'd walk up and be like, dude, Ninety Eight Degrees. That early 90s boy band era, so fucking good. Like, Never mind, what fucking bar or restaurant are you working in where they're playing Blink-182? No, no, no. no. cafe, let me tell yeah. you. I'm just giving you an example. Like, like what would always happen is there'd be that one person that was so sensitive, that, you, and they loved that band. They loved that band. And you messed with them about what that song was and who, you know... Who did it? And they took it too seriously, and it was just a fucking mess. So that was that was always a fun one, the wrong song one. Um, when I first worked at Manny's uh, Family Restaurant, um, I kind of came to the end of my tenure there after about two years, and I had, you know, ingratiated myself to the staff. I was a hardworking young kid who, frankly, had become like a little bit of a math. I, I, I'm not saying this like I'd become a little bit of a mascot because everybody else who had worked there was like 21, 22, and I was like the young kid that was like doing all the other work amongst them. And uh, the day I finally quit and left, which was my like, you know, I put in my two weeks notice. I come to my last day. Um, they decide that this is the day that I have to be hazed more than ever before. Um, you know, you. they had hazed me in in so many, uh, so many different ways. And I'm actually going to tell another one of those hazing stories on this pod. But um, they decided that what needed to happen is everything I owned must be frozen. No. I had come from school that day. I had my school uniform in a duffel bag. I had my keys in there. I had everything in there. I just started driving. They decided to take everything out and one by one freeze them in blocks of ice So and, and hide them other places. So they actually took my one of my shoes and wrapped it in a plastic bag and sealed it and then put it in the bottom of a tub of cheese. They, they froze my keys in a block of ice. They took my shirt and my pants. They wrapped them in a bag. They put them in the bottom of a, th- of a vat of, of pizza sauce. They it was just like I was basically being nice. – 
I was being scavenger. I was like scavenger hunting throughout the restaurant to like find my shit and like pull it out of stuff. And then I had to like remake the product. So <laughs> that, that was a pretty brutal one. Um, the fact that you had to remake it is like the ultimate. Yeah, exactly, like, that's the yeah. ultimate and that, you. and yeah. now we'll come to the greatest. That's prank. contaminated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we'll, now we'll come to the greatest prank. I think that I've ever heard in, in, in my time in the restaurant business. And this is the prank uh, with the mezzanine. Um, we tease this on the pod for sure. So it used to be a thing at Manny's Family Restaurant that when, whenever we were super busy, okay, you'd you'd send somebody in the restaurant to run up to the the newest person, and you'd go, Clark, Clark, or Steve, Steve, come on, dude, we're so packed right now, and we've run out of Mezengill spice. We're fucked, dude. Like we need you to get us more. Um, here's twenty bucks. Run over to the Safeway and and buy as much Mezengill as you can. If you can't find it. Go up to the front at the service counter, and they'll they'll have somebody take you to where it is in the spice aisle. And so inevitably, and I saw this happen to kid after kid after kid that worked there. Um, and it happened to me. They they ran up. They go, Steve, 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 you gotta go get the mezzanine. They give me the twenty dollars. I walk over to Safeway and I start running through the spice aisle. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, gotta get this mezzanine. I gotta get back. Can't find it. Can't find it. Can't find it. And I walk up to the service counter and I go. Hey, I'm trying to find Mezengill spice and I can't find it anywhere. And I'm like, I, I, I'm fucked, man. Like, I, I need this next door. <laughs> and there's a guy behind the counter and he gets on the microphone and he goes, Can I get a tendon up to the front to uh, help a customer with some female hygiene products? <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, Come again? Sorry, what now? <laughs> so, a uh, young lady comes up. She walks me over to the female uh, toiletry aisle, and I realize that mesengale spice is what you use for a yeast infection. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, darling, that is not something you put in food. It's not a, it's not a spice at all. It oh, is a medication. Still eat it. it is a medication. I mean, if you want to. But it is a medication a that you use for a yeast infection. So, at that point, I go, fuck these guys. I bought a bag of chips and a bottle of soda, and I walked back over and said, you can go fuck yourself. But I can't tell you how many times. That's a really good one, though. Like, yeah. That's a really good. I can't tell you, can't tell you how many times yeah. I saw um, employees after that actually buy the mezzanine and bring it back, and, and thinking that the restaurant actually needed this. Like, use it for what? Cream of crab soup? I don't know. Oh, Couldn't wrap their head. Sourdough up. bread? Like, what the fuck are they using? Sourdough bread? Yikes! Yikes! I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not the appropriate guest. Um, the only you're the not only, the guest. You're the co-host. The only, I'm not the appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for my title. I'm so honored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that to me is the greatest okay, prank wait, I've ever then seen. Then can I ask you a question to go along with it? I know I'm not supposed to ask my own questions. No, go ahead. Well, what was the you question? Are. Yes, that's why you're Oh, even better. Okay. Yeah. What was the You worst? also have to edit this entire episode. Yeah. Fuck all of you. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Um, what was the worst prank that you ever pulled on someone in the restaurant industry? What is the, Ooh. like, the, the, not like, oh, you have to empty the hot water. Like, what was the best prank you ever pulled on somebody That's in the industry? Man. Uh, Were I, you that awful that you have a full Rolodex of shit you have to go through? To no, it is. I mean, it really is. It really is that tough. Who um, are you friends with? I yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so I think the worst one, I think the worst one ever is, <laughs> I think the worst one ever is we got into a kicker for a while there with a bar back that I had where we would try to get him to do like jackass level things for money. Um, and he was really into making money, so he would just do it. And I think the worst one ever is we took an electric fly swatter mm -hmm. and we paid him to let me smack him in the face. And the, the, the first time it happened, it didn't like really work. And he goes, do it again, do it again. And the second time it was like a burst of fucking light. He had a burn inside of his yeah. beard on his cheek. 
So, That's probably the worst one as far as like hazing pranks in games. But he was a good sport about it. I want to say he made like 150 bucks off. I mean, just good like, shit. Yeah. I have a, uh, a, it looks like a perfect tic-tac-toe thing on my ass from my husband doing that and thinking that it was funny <laughs> in a pair of shorts. So you guys ever played it? You ever play together? Like, on my ass? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I would like to apologize before you take this shot because uh, Mike did you real fucking dirty on this one. You know what? You know, I don't even want to hear that. We... We were like... Shut up. I'm doing so well, and everyone likes it right now. Don't, <laughs> don't fuck me over and make me unlikable. Don't say we were like. You know how much alcohol I've drank in the last two hours, man? I'm, I'm A lot. I'm so proud we, of you. I'm so proud of your journey. You're doing such a good job. We were pretty cool on some of the shots. So. No, you yes. were not. Do yes, not we act absolutely... Like we, absolutely we, we were. We, we were pretty kind you to you on a shots, couple. You were kind. You like, I don't want to have to take shots. <laughs> oh, sir, this is not the time or the place. He's and it was not the film. Do you want to introduce your shot then? All right, so we're getting to question number 10. Firing and quitting stories, what we affectionately refer to as... Talk to your fucking co-host, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't work here. Getting 86. Getting 86. <laughs> so, so, so. If someone would have sent me proper notes, I would have been prepared. All right, so, all right. So I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. I'm no, kidding. This I'm is kidding. the end. This is the end of all things, all right? I got two of them. I couldn't, I could, well, we're not, we're not ready for know, you to talk We're yet. running out of time. So, don't tell me about it. I'm the one that's going to miss the flight, <laughs> all right? So, what better way to bring us to an end than the, the four closer, horsemen? The closer, if you will. The four oh, horsemen of the apocalypse. What a son of a bitch this guy is. All right, four horsemen. We've got <sighs> Jack, we've got Bean, we've got Scotch, which is supposed to be Johnny. I couldn't find a single shooter of Johnny. You should have called me. And I have a got, whole fifth of it in my house. And then we got Jameson. So, there's a little bit of flow. Nastrovia, the mother Russia. <laughs> Bless your heart, darling. Oh, like a fucking champion. That was, I'm not going to lie, that was incredibly impressive. That was, there was no hesitation. That was a do or die moment of uh, a little felt. All right, as, as Satan spreads his wings, let's, let's hear about some firing and quitting stories. All right, well, um, Kalada, go fuck yourselves, dude. Like, seriously, you, like, you make me, you make me squirm. Um, we've had such an interesting relationship. Um, I loved you before I worked there. I hated you while I worked there. I loved you after I worked there. And then I lost my phone down your gutter and everything went to shit. We didn't that. tell that story. That's for a different time. We have to tell That's that story at some point in time. The glitter story, yeah. yeah. Wow, the glitter story. I don't know how it didn't make this pod, but that's unfortunate. Um, look, uh, the reason the Kalata firing quit, well, not firing, quitting story needs to be on here is for one reason, one reason only. We had a manager at Kalata. Um, I'm going to call him PC. PC. We're going to call him PC. And PC was about five foot nothing, roly-poly, all little fuck. And, uh, you know, look, PC's not a bad guy. It's just he's been unterribly jaded in this business, uh, doing this for too long for a really rough restaurant to work for. Oh, we are, we've, such a we've, we've talked about the owner who had, you know, touched, you know, grabbed Emily's arm. You know, it was crazy about the candles and crazy still, about. I hope he still has a handprint on his yeah. Crazy about. I got big anyway, hands too. So I, I look. I am in some ways sympathetic to PC's situation. Um, he had to take a lot of shit. He had to manage a lot of shit, but I start working at Colada. I get hired there and I say, look, I'm a bartender. I'm fucking good at what I do. And, uh, I want to, I want to bartend. And if you know about that place, you can make a hundred grand a year. They're bartending. No, no lie. 
Um, it's one of the easiest places to make six figures bartending in Baltimore. And so I knew this is a spot for me. I can hack it. I'm ready for it. And he goes, well, you know, we don't have a lot of bartending shifts. So what we're going to do is why don't we uh, let you serve, we'll let you bartend some days, and then you can bar back on the on the prime time until we have an opening behind the bar. Because normal. people were fierce about their bar shifts there. Yeah. Fierce about it. That's pretty normal. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll make my money. And so, honest to God, I made no money serving. I made shit-ass, punk-ass money serving. I made great money bar backing, but it was a ton of work. And the bar shifts were few and far between. And I was getting fed up and getting fed up and getting fed up. And finally, I was like, you know, I came to him. I was like, look, man, there is two or three other bartenders here that are not pulling their weight. They're no call, no showing. You know, we talked about it on other parts. They're fucking multiple people in the restaurant. They're, and, and in the bar, they're fucking shit up around here. Yeah, not pulling their weight. Yeah. They're but, quit- still, but still getting the good shifts. They're quitting on you and coming back. It feels like every other week. Look, I'm reliable. I'm consistent. I know what I'm doing. Put me on. And all I kept hearing is, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll put you on Fridays. We'll put you on Fridays. We'll put you on Saturdays. You know, we'll get you primetime shifts. It's coming. It's coming. And I knew what he was doing. He was just teasing me, you know. Just jerking me around. Yeah, because uh, in the time that I worked worked there, he fired uh, three of the seven barbacks. Now, they weren't good employees. I mean, they should have been fired. But the point is, um, we were very short-staffed on barbacks, and I realized, oh, my God. I'm the barback that works every Friday and Saturday night. He's pigeonholing me. I'm never getting out of this. This is never changing. I'll get my bar shifts on a Tuesday, but I'm never, ever going to get the bartend Friday night because he needs me to be, you know, running trash and ice and all this other shit on that night. So finally, I go to him at the end of a Friday night, and I, and our, our late nights were at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I go to him, and I'm like, PC, here's the deal, man. Um, this is my two-week notice. Uh, I'll work my ass off for you for the next two weeks. I'll cover all my shifts. Okay. I won't fuck you over, but I'm done. I'm done because I look, I'm better than this. I'm a bartender. I know what I'm doing. And you keep giving assholes more chances when I could be filling those shifts for you. So yeah. Cause he needs you to fucking be the bar bag. Right. Right. Yeah. Do that? Right. And so you think in that moment that that's maybe like come to Jesus where he goes, okay, Hey, I'm sorry. Now on, no more bar back, and you can have these shifts. No. He starts like a cartoon. You you ever seen bar stools on a bar, right? They're flipped up on the bar. He starts one after another (laughs) with his hand, ripping them down off the bar. Fuck you! You fucked me over! I have nobody work the next two weeks. I go, I I go, PC. I'm I'm doing it. I will work every shift for the next two weeks. I'm not. I'm not quitting on you. I, like I'm giving you my notice. Like I'll work out every one of them. I'm, I won't fuck you over. He goes, he goes, this is ridiculous. I was going to make you a bartender this week. I was going to put you on the schedule. Of course you Dude, I had shifts for you. This is bullshit. You're going to, you're going to screw me over right now. I said, screw you over. What I said, I said, PC, I've been asking you for six months to put me on these shifts. It's magically happening now when I'm telling you I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you don't even know, man. You don't even know what's going on. I was going to put you on that shit. And he, dude, I'm talking he's walking down the line of chairs, flipping them over into the well, wall. Well, how dare you aggravate a perfectly sensible and logical human being right. like that, Steve? Like you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> so it gets to, it gets it gets to the point where and, I, and of course, I made the I made the heady play to get paid before I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. So I got paid. Oh, and I man. I said you. I said Paul PC. I said, PC. I said PC. 
Um, look, you already paid. <laughs> you already paid me for tonight. You tell me what you want. I said tomorrow. I said tomorrow Saturday. I gotta work tomorrow. I said I'll be here at four if you want me here at four. And he goes, "Go fuck yourself. Don't ever come in here ever again." And I was like, "I said, are you sure?" And then I like, I like doubled down with him. I was like, "Are you sure? Because you know that if I'm not here, a, you don't have anybody. Yeah. A, you don't have anybody work, and B, if you can find somebody, they ain't as good as me." <laughs> okay. And I get like a, you'll recut your hand for a blood oath right there. Yeah, like, I was like, Christ. I was like, I was like, PC, are you sure? And he goes, "Get the fuck out of here!" And I was like, "Listen." I was like, I'm going to go get my jacket and my backpack from upstairs, and I'm going to let you think about it for a minute, and I'm going to walk out. I said, it was the nicest quitting, honestly, of all time. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Are it you sure quite satisfactory you on your end. I was fine with it. You were good. You but, were perfect. But I'm, I'm big on not burning bridges, you know, and yeah. I have a lot yeah. of people in my life that have, have told me in this business, don't, don't, you know, like, you got to burn more bridges. Um, but, uh. I was I, I was just like consistently like PC you sure I come back down the stairs they're like you sure because like once I go this is it and he goes get the fuck out of here I don't want to see you ever again so I always imagine that the real truth of that eighty six story is him uh, basically have to having to bar back himself for the next two weeks yeah. which <clears throat> I love for that to be you know we talked about that story a little bit and I hope with this episode you finally finally found a little bit of closure with yeah. this you know what I mean I, hope, I think so yeah. And I, look, I want to do one more fire and quitting story if I can. I'll be very quick. Um, uh, you know, the seafood stop that we've talked about, I've gotten, I, I got fired from that place and rehired like five or six different times. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the things we used to say is you didn't really work there until you got fired and rehired. And um, one one time I'd been there for about like two or three years and they hired a brand new chef. And um, the chef and I actually uh, went way back to another restaurant and uh, I knew that he had a terrible Coke problem. Um, he at least did it at the restaurant before and it became like a huge, uh, stumbling block for him there. Um, he had actually been very inappropriate with some female employees during that period of time on top of having like, like being, uh, unreliable. And so when this restaurant, when the seafood stop hired him, um, you know, I actually went to the owners and I, I had to warn them. I said, listen, I know this guy. He's got a huge coke problem. Um, Fucking tell. There's been some sex. No, no. I'm just. There's been some sexual. Like I was worried about the rest of my my coworkers. Yeah. I said there's been some sexual assault uh, allegations in the past. I've said you know I think we need to reassess this. The owner said nope. We're hiring this guy. That's it. Um, I think word got back to him that I had questions about him and mm-hmm. he also knew me. So he knew that I knew his bullshit. Yeah. And, um, within a week of me working there, he makes up some crazy scenario and he gets me fired. Um, don't bullshit a bullshitter. We're we really good at what we, we don't, do. we don't have a lot. We don't have yeah. enough time for me to go into that whole story, but I got woken up hungover as fuck right out of bed to, Hey, you're fired because of what this, what this guy's telling the owners. Where and the fuck are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? I'm at my house. I'm at, I know. He spilled on the floor <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, third yeah. time. Your boss is there. <laughs> Wake up, motherfucker. Yeah. You're fired. So, Don't come into work today. <laughs> no, so I, I, I get out of bed. I get out of bed and, and I've got, I've gotten this call from one of the other managers and they're like, you know, th- this guy says that you're fired because of X, Y, and Z. And I was like, this is crazy. None of that's true. And I get in my car and I drive right there and I walk in to one of the most awkward scenarios ever. It's the two owners and it's this guy. And he just starts like lying out of his mouth about what I've done. And I go, this is, uh, this is insane, man. Like you're a Coke addict. Like 
you're going to bail on this restaurant. You've been here less than 30 days. 30 days. You're going to bail on this restaurant within a week. Like you're, you're a mess, man. Like, do I need to go through all the sexual assaults that I know about that you've, you know, like procured in your time? Like what are those sexual assaults that you procured? I don't know. Like you you committed. committed. I'm sorry. I've had 10 shots. Okay. Like when you have one of those big old bullet. But I'm looking at, I'm looking at these and it's one of these moments of like a, a surreal reality where it's like, uh, you know, the owners are just like, they're not listening. They're not like really hearing what I'm saying. And, um, I think if you're in the owner's box, especially in restaurants, it's like the great unequalizer. That's a great way to put every the owner's single, box. Yeah, right? and that guy single, was at the time. Every single restaurant owner. I've worked for big corporate businesses. Yeah. I've worked for small bars. And I honestly, honestly feel that people that own small family businesses, the moment that your restaurant owner tells you, we're a family here, fucking run for the hills. Yeah. It is going to be a toxic, hellacious, incestuous environment. Fucking run the yeah. moment someone tells you yeah. we're family get out yeah. but it's so easy for an owner because i'm not gonna lie to you nine times out of ten a restaurant or a bar owner has never been a server or a bartender they've been a cook they've been a chef well these guys their family has you're been right in the business you're so, so right they jump into you're so oh, right. well we're just gonna we're gonna run it the way that we want to run it and you're fine we're gonna be the owner and we are going to criticize every fucking move that you make. And there is nobody in the world that can tell me that I'm wrong because I own you because I'm a family business and yeah. you work for me. Well, darling, bless your heart. You have no <laughs> idea the amount of work that we put into making sure that your company and your business is yeah. a success. It would be absolutely nothing without every single one of us that is in the service industry, bartender, server, dishwasher, barback, midnight cleaning crew, you fucking name it. We are the goddamn bread and butter for those organizations. And it's so funny that they can easily just kind of like look down at you from that box and be like, hello, little ants. Well, hold on. It's it's not even just so much that. It's so quick how it turns on and off. It's like a light switch. Yeah. They love you one day. They, they love you. They you hate you. Day. The moment that you fuck up one tiny the rail, thing. The relationship I had with these owners, there were times where I was like, they'll listen to anything I say. And then there were times they'd listen to nothing I say. And this is one of those, you know. So they didn't listen to me. I get fired, right? And within a week, within one week of me getting fired, this motherfucker goes on a coke binge and does not – he's the head chef, okay? He's the general manager of the restaurant. He doesn't show up for five straight days. Jesus. No one can get a hold of him. That's a no, hell of a no-call no I'm though. talking to my friends who still work there. No one has any idea where he is. He's not showing up. It's complete chaos in there. And then all of a sudden – he actually just shows up one day like nothing has ever happened. <laughs> and they go, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, I was just doing, this is my regular Sir, thing. it's Wednesday. The last time we saw you was Thursday. You <laughs> had five shifts in between. Correct. And so he ends up getting fired, and I get rehired literally the afternoon he gets fired. Jesus. Fired. They go, hey, Steve, sorry we made a mistake. Are you willing <laughs> to come back? Because we need you to work your Can shift. we talk about that? We need you to work your same shifts. That's what he says. And I go... Are you kidding me? You need me to work my same shift? You remember the conversation we had last week when I told you he was a coke addict? Um, it also turned out that he was um, uh, being sexual explicit with all of the female staff during this period of time. So um, I was right. They were wrong. It's the weirdest firing quitting story because it involves like multiple – me getting 86, him getting 86, me getting rehired. It's, it's crazy. But um, that's the one that will always go down in infamy is like I got woken up. 
dude, I was in bed naked with a beautiful lady. All right, so now it's time to move on because I'm going to miss my goddamn flight. Okay, I would so, also just like to point out that Mike out. just picked up a shot of Bailey's and is just casually throwing it back. It's also and weird how he didn't make eye, to- eye contact with anybody, just picked it up, twisted it off, took a slug like it was... So normal. Isn't it weird how he's drinking it too, where he like but keeps Bailey. his mouth open, like where he's like, oh, I just like, suck anything. it out of the tiny right, mouth. Let's get, let's let's bring this let's home. Let's close this home. Let's bring this home. Let's close this home. It just tastes. Bring, right. bring, bring this home, Mike, because I got I got the last couple questions answered. All right. Did so, I make it through? You did make it. Guys, through. through the gauntlet. Guys, now you have to drink a shot of every single of every single gauntlet. one that we we every yeah. liquor we poured. Yeah. Come on. That's the Now come on. All right, so. Our final, uh, one of our final questions is our cleanup. It's our how's our driving. So yeah. I don't want to hear any of your fucking recommendations no, no, for no. our podcast. <laughs> no, I got a good one. I got a really good one here. All right, all right, what? Okay, you know what song? You know, I actually um, sat and I looked at all of our questions. And I looked at this one. And I said, what can we actually add to the pod? Mm-hmm. Do you know what we need to be talking about on here? Songs that close bars. Mm. Songs that close bars. So you close them like get everybody out, or like the perfect leaving song. No. No, the first one. Gotcha. Okay. So at the end, there are a lot of Just bars. A lot of there are a lot of bars that I've been to over the Baby years shark. that have like a thematic. <laughs> yeah, Baby Shark all day. That have a. I'm glad you brought That's that up. True. I'm glad you brought I've that up. Done that before. There have been a lot of bars that I've been to over the years that I That's love those bars. And what makes those bars special is the very last song of the night. So if you've ever been to Das Beer Hall, you know that every Friday night we play Mariah Carey's. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Oh yeah, every Friday, not not during the holidays. Every Friday night. No, we play it fifty-two nights. Yes. Fifty-two Friday nights. That, that would here. make me get the fuck out of here. To be fair, yeah. I don't remember leaving Doss on a Friday night when y'all have played. I promise you, if you've ever, I believe if, you. If you ever Doss on a Friday night, we play it. Mariah Carey's "I Don't Want a Lot for Christmas." Now, I believe you. I I've been to. I, I worked at another bar that was a, a total dive bar in Baltimore, where every night when we would be done, we played Richard Cheese's uh, "Dick Cheese." Uh, we'd play, uh, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> finish all your beers. You know, we would, uh, I don't give a fuck what's going on. Get the fuck out. You know? I think if you play anything by Bing Crosby, um, every woman in a bar would leave. And, and, and look, I have a deep connection to this particular recommendation because I'm a West Virginia graduate. I love Morgantown for all of our West Virginia listeners. Um, you know that I love you deeply. I'm going to represent you on this pod. And this doesn't maybe close our bars, but you know that every night at midnight in Morgantown, every bar plays the same song. It's Country Roads, Take Me Home, John fucking to the Plains. God, what a... I belong. Sunshine on my own. You do not have a career on American Idol, my love. Mount Darling, my love. I'm so sorry, friend. Take me home. Everybody that's listening to this podcast and listening to Steve saying, we owe you a sweatshirt. Take me home. So that's a good recommendation. I don't want to hear... Favorite songs to close the bar. I have one because I am technically a guest... I have a recommendation and I think that this would be really cool. You guys have a really big following on Facebook. You're getting a big following on Patreon, Patreon, whatever the fuck it's called. You're getting a lot of social media following. I think for your next milestone episode, which I guess would be 50, Mm -hmm. I think you should do a completely um, followers led episode Mm -hmm. where it's questions that they can ask you guys. Answers She's gone in for a uh, triple co-host. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking like in another 25 episodes. I think that would be so cool for you well, guys. Well, we have to, to bring you back on to facilitate. 
I mean, that's kind of why I brought it up, but every 25 episodes, I'll be back, so by the time I'm 75, we'll have, what, like, 3,000 of these, and I will be well. You're basically saying, like, a, a virtual episode where... Kind of, where, like, you ask everybody for the first two, like, two weeks leading up to your 50th okay. episode, hey, okay. what questions do you want to hear? Because I fucking live for the gauntlet because everybody's answers are so different yeah. for certain categories yeah, but every bartender has a similar answer yeah, for certain categories as well mm-hmm. so those like weird nitty gritty because let's be real as a service industry employee we have been gifted with a really fucked up perverse sense of humor that <laughs> no one else on this yes. earth like what did our families do to us that it brought us all kind of together to fuck us up they prepared us for this business what are you talking about we should about? not talk about those That's things true. but I think that would be so fucking cool to have a full follower-led episode for you guys. I like it. I'm I'm down. I think it would be super cool. All right, episode 50. Episode 50. Follower-led questions. Mike gets slapped in the face in the beginning. and then She was the co-host this time. She'll be the host What we'll do for the month before that is we'll have people submit questions. Yeah, Yeah. I think that would be so cool. Okay. How fun would that be? Especially and it's just you and me. It's you and me on the block. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and Emily is the host. Yeah. Oh, I will end y'all. All right. <laughs> well, we didn't do a good enough job with Steve this time, but we'll get there eventually. So, wrap-up questions. First one. Why do you still do this, a.k.a. why do you fucking hate yourself? Dude, dude? I'm an attention whore. Like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? We know. We know. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love knows. the spotlight. Like, please. I, I Honestly, God, if you don't, like, stroke my attention, ego, like... I'm gonna I'm gonna fall apart, man. Like no. You had something um, else you wanted to say besides ego. No. Uh, the, the the truth is like uh, this business, man. It's just there's something about it that makes me feel uh, confident and happy. I love being behind. It's the called bar. alcohol, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I know Mike's joking, but I, it's it's fun when you're drinking. But honestly, God, I can do this dead sober and. Uh, I think my love language is service. I think it always has Active been. service? Yeah. <gasps> Me too. Number three is I just get off on like being that person for other no people. No one like, wants to know what you get off to, but keep going. <laughs> well, that's weird shit. I don't fuck. Tentacle porn is not on the table today. All right. Yeah. So let's keep it moving here. No, I just, honest <laughs> to God, I, I, I really do. Uh, I have an acts of service in my heart. And there's something about this business where I get to make other people happy. That's what it really comes down to. And um, I get off on making other people have a good time. When I have a connection with the table, um, when you love your food, when you come back and have uh, another great time with me, um, when you remember me because you had such a good time before, like it brings so much joy to my life. And I, I think uh, I think I get that from both my parents being great hosts and being like happy people and like wanting to have people in their home and like, my mother and father are both from the Midwest. They're salt of the earth. And so um, I think that's w- really where it comes from. But that's what I love most about this business is making people um, have a moment with their family, their friends, and be happy. So. And you're Steve, really fucking good at it. And I mean that in like a genuine com- compliment. And I'm not going to fucking insult you. But <laughs> And I do like the attention. You are, I mean, it's not bad. Right, no, <laughs> I mean, I did it for the free alcohol, if I'm being perfectly fucking honest. <laughs> but I think you're really good at what you do. You have a huge passion for it. It's very clear and evident yeah. by the fact that you've made a whole fucking business on the side <laughs> oh, is it? of the other business that you are involved yeah. in. But That's great. you're very good at what you do. And I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. 
to have been a patron of yours oh, and a friend of M, yours. M, my God. Oh, we I haven't know. addressed this enough, but you are, uh, this is a pleasure to even have you here tonight. Oh, stop. You're going to make me flash. You right. are the You are the episode that we recommend to everybody because you were Oh, my God, that's what you said. Before we keep blowing smoke going, up each going. other's yeah, fucking asses, we're going to get to our final question of the entire episode, my all right? favorite one. We made it, all right? Hopefully, you have a hangover tomorrow. I really hope so. <laughs> Hopefully, I make my flight, but... If you open a bar, Steve, what would you call it, or what would the theme of your bar be? It's very simple. I called Haley's House. Um, you know, my last name is Haley. I've always, uh, always wanted to to make it kind of a homey place, like a place where people feel comfortable. Um, I'm a, a obsessive pool player, so it's got to have pool tables. Um, you know, I don't really think we would be super food centric. Like, I would love to have a dish or two that we do well, um, but I'm actually, I would not like to have a full menu there. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to have a very, maybe five to 10 items. You can order that and that only, that's it. Maybe we make money off the food, but we're, I want to keep our costs low in the kitchen. It's more of just keeping the drinkers there, yeah. right? Where we really make money is I want to do some really cool craft beer and I'm a, I'm a beer snob. So it'd be, it'd be craft beer. It'd be an unbelievable whiskey and bourbon selection. Um, and it'd be, you know, five to 10 pool tables. So we can really shoot some pool. I mean, I guess it would end up being a pool hall, but we'd call it Haley's house. Yeah. That would, that would, so that'd we be need investors then because this sounds like my ideal Friday night. I want a good yes. craft beer and a good bourbon at the end of the evening. I think what you got to do I'm is if you, if you can do Steve's gauntlet shots, then you get a t-shirt for Haley's house. Wow. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> However, wow. I think they, the, those folks need to actually have pool shots and not little bitch Steve's <laughs> Well, don't you do that to me. Okay. I know. I, listen, Carlin. Pour me another one. Pour me another one. You do not mean How that. dare you? How dare you? I'll have listen. Double that whiskey. You kept up. looking at us saying these are double, no, no. Put and more they in all there. fit. Put more in there. Listen. All right, all right. I want you to Snapchat this because I don't want there to be any question about my resolve <laughs> on the spot. I took all ten Move with no questions points. asked. Oh. And look, I'm gonna take this double whiskey right now. We're you know why? Because I love y'all out there, and this is not for M, and this is not for Mike. This is not for M. This is not for M, and this is not for Mike. This is for y'all. Okay. <laughs> Fucking bullshit that we even question about. There it is. There it is. It was absolutely, yeah! That was absolutely for me. Let's be real. Take us on, Mike. Put the button on it. Oh, God. How, how do you even put a button on such a wonderful thing? Hey, I got a flight. Yeah, I got to catch a flight. Time hey, to go to the airport, hey, people. We love you guys. This podcast is only continuing because of you out there listening along and drinking along. Once again, we're going to have some numbers at the end. If you're having some issues, Steve's going to call one of those numbers tonight, I think. But... Emily, thank cool. you so much for thank joining you for us here. Thank you for having me. Steve, thank you so much for being such a wonderful host. Yeah, that and number's for being such a good sport. That number's 911. <laughs> we love you guys, but as always, fuck off! Thanks for listening along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes every Monday. Big, <laughs> big shout out to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song, Fast One, you heard throughout the show. Go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show them some love. Goddamn right. Show those motherfuckers <laughs> some love. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram at BRP Drink Along, except for Facebook, which is at the BRP Drink Along, because Steve's a fucking idiot. True. And if you can listen along, you can listen along at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Red Podcast. 
please be sure to subscribe, rate, and re review. We really need the personal validation. You both do. We know that for a fact. <laughs> and if you want to be one of the VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at the bar. You'll get access to their bonus content, have the chance to vote on new episode content, which... I think we all know my idea is the best. <laughs> and you'll also receive a 10% discount on all merchandise. Yeah, this is the first time you've read through this, Emily, and you're doing better than me. So. I'm so good <laughs> at this. What are you talking about? So, if you want to be a big dipper, aka one of our bozels, you got it. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the bartender and podcast at gmail.com. Look, Steve and I and Emily, we all do this because we fucking love the service industry. We love doing this podcast and meeting different bartenders. It has been so much fun, truly. And we want to keep bringing great content, but obviously this is not our day job, unfortunately. With your yeah. help, yeah, yet. <laughs> With your help, we can keep uh, the stories coming. We can interview local bartenders from coast to coast and across the goddamn globe. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along! If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their national helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along. But more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the international helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast, and we want you to stick around, and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey everyone, really hope you enjoyed that episode. We had a lot of fun recording that and uh, we were so grateful that Emily got to come back and uh, do that with us. We love her. She's so much fun. Um, I hope the episode didn't feel rushed. Uh, we were, you know, of course I had to catch a plane and we were trying to keep it moving along. Still made it to two and a half hours, but of course when you interview Steve, what else do you expect? I was just about to wrap up editing this episode tonight and I, I just feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't tell this quick story and Steve and I have talked about telling it on other episodes and it just hasn't worked out yet so I'm just gonna sneak it in here so um, that morning that we woke up uh, I was hungover surprisingly and uh, Steve had work going on and everything and I, I still needed a few ingredients for the gauntlet shot list. Uh, namely, I needed actually Natty Bow and I needed Oyster Shooters. So Steve was busy doing stuff for work, so he tossed me his truck keys and I drove down uh, to a local spot and grabbed some oysters and some beer, came back, and then we started recording. And like I said, we kind of had to keep it moving quickly, but again, I, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I, I hope it went over well. It, it, like I said, it was a lot of fun to record. Um, but anyway... So we get done recording the episode and, you know, we say our goodbyes and my good buddy Dirty Tom was there with a crab cake for me and picked me up and took me to Dulles Airport, which is, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, fuck you, Steve, uh, the airport in Washington, D.C. So I accidentally flew into D.C. I usually fly into BWI, which is right in Baltimore, and uh, the D.C. airport from where they're at in Baltimore is like over an hour away. 
And of course, we were already running late and it was Thanksgiving weekend. So we hit a bunch of traffic on the way out there. We were really worried that I was going to miss my flight. So I get to the airport, say my goodbyes to Dirty Tom, and I'm running through the airport trying to get there. And I finally make it all the way to security. And uh, <laughs> by the way, Dulles Airport, it, it is a pain in the ass. You ride these giant trams that look like they're out of the movie Star Wars. Uh, so it's, it's a long trek just to get to where you're going. So I finally get to security and I'm getting my backpack off and getting you know my laptop out of the bag. And I reach into my pocket and I feel something unfamiliar. And I pull it out and I look in my hand and there are Steve's truck and house keys in my hand. And I kind of panic because I don't know what to do because Dirty Tom's already gone. And even if I called him at that moment, getting back to the road to meet him with him trying to circle back around in traffic, it, there was just no way it was going to happen. So I ended up just flying back home with Steve keys, Steve's keys. Um, it was It was the holiday weekend. So even when I tried to expedite ship the keys back to him, um, it, it, it was delayed. It couldn't get there for several days. So he went all of Thanksgiving weekend without his keys. His truck was locked in his driveway. His wallet was in his truck. So his wallet and his keys and his house keys are all <laughs> inaccessible to him for several days. And I finally was able to mail it back to him. But, man, the poor guy, he had, to, he had to go through some shit. And, Steve, if if you end up listening to the end of this, man, again, I am really sorry. It was it was a complete accident. And it was all just because when I got back from picking up the oysters and the beer, uh, I just forgot that they were in my pocket. That's really all it was. And, you know, as soon as it was time to go, I just grabbed everything and left. So I'm sorry I put you through that, man, but it was still pretty funny. Um, yeah, so that was it. So just, uh, just a funny little behind the scenes thing there for you guys. And, uh, yeah, again, I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Honestly, this podcast has been so much fun to do. Um, I know we're still a small community now, but honestly, all of our listeners, all the guests who have come and been on the show, we, we honestly love you guys. This has been so cool. Not just getting to do the podcast, but connecting with you guys out there has been so much fun. I've got friends in all these different cities in, you know, across the, the states and across the world now um, to where if I'm ever in their neck of the woods, I, I've got a friend that I can call and I can go see. So I really, really love that. And I really hope you guys are enjoying the podcast and we really love you being a part of this community and yeah, if you know a good bartender, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Or if you think you can pass the gauntlet, you know, give us, uh, you know, shoot us a DM and uh, we'd be happy to start making that that happen. We're going to try and get to some cities. We've got a trip planned to Denver uh, to see Brittany, uh, one of our uh, first OG listeners. So we're really excited for all that. So, yeah, just wanted to tell that quick little story and uh, love you guys. And we'll see you on the next episode.